Hi, this is the Chief Archivist of Lave Station, uh, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and you're listening to the Loose Screw Podcast, otherwise known as Hillbilly Banjo Redneck Radio. Yeehaw! Hey guys, it is March 26, 2020. This is Loose Screws, and I am your host, Ty Worsham. We have a very interesting show for you guys this evening. With me, of course, is my two co-pilots, as usual. I got community manager and general awesome soldier, Commander Kaizen. How's it going there, Bubba? Hey there, brother. I'm doing good. I'm flying spaceships, and man, do we have some news. (laughs) And also with us this evening is our walking, talking, badass sound engineer, JN Tracks, and Distant Worlds, Distant Worlds, Jesus, Distant Screws. (laughs) (laughs) I've already fucked it up, (laughs) y'all. This is fine. This is what should happen when I come around. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> For the record, every time you say walking, talking, badass, I'm just picturing somebody talking through their pants. Oh. <laughs> is it better or is it worse? <laughs> anyway, a, little call he- me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Interesting times, and I'm all out of beer. <laughs> so last week, we didn't have much of an episode because it was a very shitty, shitty week. And this week was not much better, but... We're doing a better spin on it this week because things have happened. So we'll go through <laughs> we'll go through some things first. So first of all, I want to give a great big shout out to Patches McFluffy because apparently he found a baby on the side of the road. No, no, he had a baby. <laughs> I, I guess he didn't have a baby. I guess his wife had a baby. But anyway, he had a baby. <laughs> So basically what happened was Patches and his wife kissed and made a baby. Wow, that's what happens. All right. right. Thanks for filling me in, man. Apparently they named him Finley Tierville Kai Trax. So um, (laughs) that kid is fucked. Yeah, that kid's fucked. No, that's going to be a really, really cool name in like 16 years. There's there's a good chance that Tyrvel Kytrax ends up being like a badass. So, you know, he could be walking, walking talking, talking bad. Yeah, walking talking, yeah, yeah. Um so big old congratulations to them. He actually posted uh two two or three pictures on our dinner roll channel of the baby um taking uh a bottle I think it was, and it was super cool because I have never really been around a baby that much. So yeah, man, that was a cute kid and uh, more hair than Ty. Yeah, <laughs> totally more hair than me. It's kind of crazy. Um, but it was it's super almost cool. just like a very small human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of expected you know them to be like a robot, but you know, I mean, I have a nephew and I have a niece, so but I was kind of in and out of them as a baby. So anyway. In a, in being in or out of being around them is what I mean. Not yeah, no, kill. just <laughs> between the between the kissing to make a baby thing and then the robot comment. I'm wondering how did you pass biology with an A, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 um, the other bit of news is that so I, so I have a couple of friends kind of in the gaming community, and one of them 
I used to, he actually was my employee at Best Buy for a number of years. One of my better employees. Anyway, so he got, he uh, left Best Buy, got married, married and moved to uh, Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And he started up, about two years ago, he started up his own business called Start, which is a land gaming cafe store. And it is one of the better stores I've ever seen. It's really awesome. And But he told me this week that it's closed, which sucks because of all the virus bullshit running around. But I thought it was really cool that he is running, he decided to run folding software on all of his uh, 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 yeah. gaming PCs. Yeah. So the folding software, for those of you that don't know, is used. Is, is kind of like a, a big, gigantic uh, software used to uh, research cures and treatments for cancer and for uh, all kinds of diseases. But a lot of it right now is being used for the COVID-19 virus stuff. Yeah, so just to jump in real quick, foldathome.org is the the uh, service that you're talking about there. Canon Research, the Hull Seals, Down to Earth Astronomy, uh, many, many others are doing it. And what, what it is is that the uh, process of figuring out protein folding for like uh, genetic anomalies or whatever different testing that they're doing is a very, very sort of computing power intensive process. And much like they used to do where they would use uh, a bunch of people's computers to run cycles in the off cycle or to run while they're asleep for SETI, they're now doing this through foldathome.org. So he's had all of his running doing this and... um because they're all really good gaming PCs, uh, it actually eats away a large chunks of the processes that they need. Because yeah, lots of have, compute cycles. Yeah, a lot of compute cycles got to be done to actually uh, completely figure out how they how they need to fold proteins or what exactly they do. Apparently, Kai knows a hell of a lot more about it than I do. So, but he wanted me to mention it on this week's show because the fact that um, he. You know, said, "Hey, if you if you don't know, you can use your computer sitting there not doing nothing. Which, you know, if you're like me, you're still going to work. Um, then you can sit there and actually help out things. So, anyway, yeah, I, I only know yeah. about it because uh, for Elite Week, like Down to Earth Astronomy did like a 12 minute long video explaining it in detail, and then, like I said, I've covered it for the whole seals and." Fuel rats and cannon and everybody's doing it, right? And it's it, but um, so so you can find his website um, at start startland.center. If you guys are in Tahlequah, uh, Oklahoma, or just in Oklahoma, when all this shit's over, go visit him. He's got a badass store there, man. It's one of the best stores I've ever been to for uh, gaming stuff. And I don't just say that because he's a buddy of mine. Uh, I have another buddy who knows it and runs another store. You know who you are, and your store sucks, and I've told you as much. So, <laughs> whoops! All right, he's got four. He's got four PCs. All right, I'm just saying that's not a cafe. Sick burn <laughs> for that guy that doesn't listen to our show. I've already told him in person. So I'm, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, 
So let's go through some Discord shout. Oh, oh, let's do this first. We'll we'll do Discord shout outs in a minute. Let's talk about distant screws real quick. I want to go through that real quick. Distant screws go so, deep. So, so you know what I didn't do was pull what? up the distant screws expedition page. Do you know so what we, I did do? What'd you do? Pull up the distant screws expedition page. Well, run us through the numbers then. So the numbers currently are. Uh, Let's start at the top. 73 participants. Uh, we have three abandonments. Okay. I think that's th- that number has gone down. So that's interesting. It was definitely four at one point. That must mean somebody has, when somebody like unsigns up or something. Um, it could have, it could be that, or we've seen some weird wonky shit with the EDSM and ED yeah. discovery. So it could have been that like somebody like, you know, visited LHS three one seven twice, and then so it well, said they were done, so they like quit it and then restarted well, it or something. It, it keeps it keeps track of success separately, and it keeps track of like deaths and self destructs separately. Um, but I don't I don't know very much about their back end. Yeah, I I think I did make the system be a little wonky by making the start and end points and one or two of the in between points repeat. Uh, as the same system, and that caused some issues. For me, everything has been fine, but I might have been almost the only person who actually like took off from LHS three one seven and didn't like do anything else in the meantime because I had this like schedule where I wasn't really playing except on the stream. Um, anyway, so it's probably my fault. Whatever. Sorry, everyone, <laughs> for the trouble. Okay, so. Um, the expedition's been going on for 23 days, and there are uh, almost 60 days left in expedition time for you all to complete. Um, I did end up pushing that back. I don't know if this ever got said on the show. I ended up pushing the return date back one more week just in case some people were straggling behind because it allowed me to. Someone asked, and I was like, sure, I can do that. Uh, so there have been 30,516 jumps so far for a total distance of 2,260,816 light years, we have scanned 181,097 celestial bodies and mapped 4,686. We've used 140,737 tons of fuel and 29,160 probes. And 20 people have died, and four of those were on purpose. Yeah, I've... I think if uh, if you take us as an aggregate, we've made it to Andromeda. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I hadn't right. thought of it yeah. that way. <laughs> wild, wild. Yeah, well, uh, but but um, it says there are 15 successes. Uh, I know a few people have posted that they completed the whole thing uh, correctly, but I know there are some other people who found that theirs were marked as success because they visited LHS 317 twice. <laughs> I go yeah. back. I go back one time. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, whatever. I mean, uh, I think, Kai, you were running into some issues too and ended up finding ways to edit the uh, your log of the waypoints, if I'm not I- mistaken. Yeah, I tried that. It still took away still all fishy. of my check marks except for the first one. I, I don't know. Uh, man. I'm, I'm look. I'm going to every one, and in every yeah. one of the systems, I'm actually at every waypoint. I am stopping whether it's worth anything or not. I'm scanning at least one planet so that 
at some point, oh, if I have to argue with somebody, I can point to them and say, fuck you, I wasn't there. Look at this. I scanned that moon. How could I scan that moon if I wasn't there? Right, right. So, yeah, and I, I don't know. Maybe we should poke somebody over at the EDSM Discord and see if they have some answers as to how we can most easily um, smooth this over for some people. But anyway... Yeah. Um, it's been fun. It's been really fun. Lots of people still commenting on how much fun they're having. And I'm, I continue to be humbled by how successful it's been. And, um, we're having a lot of fun when we stream. And I know a lot of people are having a lot of fun, uh, on other streams where they're, they're ganging up and yeah, it's really cool. We've seen some spectacular things. So for the record, Patches McFluffy might be behind everyone else in Waterworlds and Earthlikes Found, but he's ahead of everyone in Babies Found. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, big salute and, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, a, a mournful uh, in memoriam for, uh, for uh, Anna Barrick, who uh, tried to scoop off of a white dwarf and— uh, yeah, that didn't work out so good. <laughs> yeah, where, where did he end up getting sent back to? Well, funny enough, it was just within like half an hour of him leaving. Um, I think it was like Eagles Landing or whatever. So he had just sold uh, all his data and everything. So he really wasn't even all that upset about it. He was like, oh, well, shit happens. Well, I was, yeah, I, I was wondering where, I wonder how far away his ship respawned. Well, he said that he was literally like 20 minutes from leaving a station. Oh, and, and, and so and it, had it a would just send him okay. right back to there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's, well, that's not so bad then. Yeah, that's real fortunate. <laughs> yeah, for, for the deaths that we have, I, I wish there was a better way of sort of like somebody could make an annotation or whatever. Because I know that several of our deaths have just been people taking shortcuts to get back into the bubble. And then... Like coming back, but they out didn't or do it as a self destruct, so it doesn't count as a self destruct. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, for me, I, like, I'm at SAG A right now, which is, I believe, our waypoint. Shit, I'm zooming in. Waypoint uh, 24. Sounds yeah, waypoint, right. Yeah, waypoint 24, but I have no check marks. Like <laughs> really? past past waypoint ten, but it also says I completed it. So that's know. see that's what happened. I can tell you exactly what happened, Ty, because the same thing happened to me. What happened was you went back, and when you went back, it said you completed. And as soon as it said you completed, it stopped check marking or whatever. Because I had had check marks for like one through like seventeen or eighteen or nineteen, and then. It went back and like it finally registered because it takes a couple of days. It finally registered that I had hit LHS 317 like the second time. And at that point, I got the little congratulations, you're done. And all of my check marks disappeared. So, yeah. Ouch. All right. We should. (laughs) Yeah, it's all right. We'll figure it out. But we should. We should. Get moving with the show. Speaking of SAG, SAG A, um, as a reminder, uh, on Tuesday's stream on March 31st, uh, that will be at uh, the SAG A uh, black yeah, hole. We, we will land there, or not land, but you know what I mean. We will Let's end see the, you end do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But it, we, we will, that is where we will be uh, having the, the ceremony with uh, Jello and uh, to kind of have a little m- memorial for Evelyn and whatnot and go from there. Um, I have a big decision to make on that, by the way. I don't, I'm really torn because I've never been to Beagle. I took my vet like two jumps from Beagle before I lost the, before I lost the jump range to be able to get to Beagle. I'm cu- I'm really right. tempted to pull a chig and just go straight up to, to Beagle. So, well, you're already marked as complete, right? So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, just, just take a, just take a week, hit up to Beagle. That way I can see I've been to Beagle and, and come back. Yeah. So, well, on top of that, like, who cares as far as it's saying you're already marked as complete? You still have plenty of time to take a week, yeah. head up to Beagle, head back, and still finish it well before the end time. So, you could, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm waiting until after the ceremony. And then after the ceremony, I'm going to hightail it to Beagle. Uh, and then do a little, you know, popping around out in that neighborhood. And then I'm going to shoot back to Colonia. And from there, I will pick back up on the expedition and hit the waypoints on the way back. Sounds good. One other thing about Jello is um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Drew Wagar has his story posted up on the Drew Wagar website. Then you can go there and listen to it. You can read it if you want to. I, I've listened. I have started listening to it twice, and I get a little emotional, and I have to stop. So I'm going to try to muster through probably tomorrow. So um, yeah. it's a it's a great story from what I've I've heard so far. So. I'm excited to check it out. Well, yeah. I'm I'm excited to probably be in the same boat as you and have to kind of take it a little slow, but that's all right. So I see, I see you have a daughter, man. So I could see how that would like. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, find like, like just put your man card in the in the in the drawer. So I don't yeah. even claim to have a man card anymore. So I I uh, did the whole the whole story and it was beautiful and touching. Um, it's called Evelyn's Story. It's available on audiobook, uh, PDF, Mobi, and EPUB. There are free ebooks with donations suggested for the Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation. And you can get it at drewwagar.com forward slash elite hyphen dangerous hyphen saga forward slash Evelyn's hyphen story forward slash. And it, it, it's just a really, really beautiful and touching story. All right. So the other thing I wanted to kind of mention that's kind of semi-elite related is uh, NASA's billion-dollar Jupiter probe, which I believe they're calling the Juno probe. Is that correct? Yes. That is. Uh, We're starting to see photos back from that, and Mm -hmm. they are amazing photos. Really amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Science and Nature published the story, and they are dazzling. Not only do they have great pictures of Jupiter, but in particular, they got the great shots of the red spot, which is like a huge storm on the planet's surface. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of places you can go and uh, check out the... uh... Oh, wow. That's interesting. What now? 
All right. So, okay. Um, sorry, my my monitor just turned off. Then now oh. it's back. So that's <laughs> I was like, what's going on? What <laughs> do you know like, that we sorry. don't? Something's interesting. <laughs> Someone is speaking to Ty, and I can't hear they, who they are. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was like, I thought Ty was like, hey, I, I see somebody on Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's full of stars, y'all. <laughs> yeah, what's that monolith? No, that was that was really weird. My secondary monitor turned off. Of course, it's an old monitor. Turned off and turned back on. It scared the shit out of me for just a second there. And that's where I had the notes pulled over. So it scared the shit out of me for a minute there. <laughs> All right. All right. So anyway, so I will go through the Discord shout outs real quick. <clears throat> Do we want to start with the new to Discord or... Yeah, yeah, we'll do that first. Um, who wants to do that this week? I can do it, or someone else want to do it? I'm completely flexible. I'll do it. Fuck it. All right. So, new Discord users. And for anybody that I mispronounced the name, I apologize in advance. <coughs> and feel free to correct me at any point. Westfield. Hans Dieter. And by the way, these are going back two weeks, by the way. So, some of y'all may have, may have been on here for a little bit. So... Gunternaut, Oladar. But sidebar here, shout out to Gunternaut for uh, you know reference to a uh, elite or ready player, elite player one, ready player one, <laughs> elite player one, <laughs> elite player one. That's the sequel. <laughs> ready player one, which is uh, probably my third favorite book of all time. So uh, anyway, Oladar, Disaster Joe, Maverick, aka Mav, the Bloodline. Blob of Death. Sanderling, which if y'all don't know who Sanderling is, he is an amazing uh, flight assist off pilot. Uh, I, I hope to be a quarter good as he is at some point. The Mad Scotsman. Is he Scottish? Yeah. I, w- I wasn't sure what he was. I mean, I know Prime- he's like, you know, <coughs> fairyland person, but I wasn't sure what he, what he actually was. So. so Primetime Casual just put out a video called The Scotsman this week that, because uh, it, Features his flying. Ah, okay. Magnificent. Turjon. Happy Swodog. <coughs> As Gata. Raven Harat. Astral Jaeger. Which I really hope that's a reference to uh, Pacific <coughs> Rim. And I want a one about Astral Jaeger now. So in German, right? in German, Jagger means juice. And Astral Jagger would be star juice. So, so is that Jagger or is that Jaeger? Because I thought Jaeger was Hunter. Uh, exactly. Could be. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to ask a German. So <laughs> could be. Yeah, mine's rusty. So I, I think we have some German listeners. So, so in, in, inform us. In yeah. The only reason I know that is because the very beginning of the movie Pacific <coughs> Realm, it's like it's like kaiju, giant uh, uh, Japanese for giant monster, and then it says Jaeger, German for hunter. And I was like, oh, that's what that means. So it's entirely possible my source is completely inaccurate. So you're trusting a Hollywood movie? Oh, oh so my yeah. source, my source was from a marine in uh, in Germany who told me that that was why it was called Badenjagger because it was uh, bear juice. But it could be because there was a hunter on the <laughs> bottle too because the guy guy could have been full of shit. If, <laughs> if only there was a website that we could go and Google and find out. But unfortunately, we'll have to Google go, it and find if out. If they go invent on one, they should call it Google. <laughs> All right, we got to get the last person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiesca. 
So welcome, welcome guys. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. And if I happen to miss your name, I apologize, but we will get you in. So, so the shout-outs. So there was a few in here. I've been I tr- I do my best to keep up with uh, when people hit new the the cool ship or a big ship or a uh, uh, achievement cool in game. Ship. Yeah, the cool ship, <laughs> and we all know which one it is. All right, um, gotta miss you. But anyway, um, the cool ship. Yeah, the, the cool crate ship. phantom. No, oh, shut your damn mouth. I'm so sick of the phantom. The Imperial Clipper. The Imperial Corvette, also known as the Federal Corvette. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, NL Hate found a black hole, which means he discovered his first black hole. So, that's badass. That was one of the things that took me forever to get my name on. So, congratulations to you, bud. Um, Chris Clark 11 found his first water and first Earth-like world. Congratulations to you. It took me about three years before I found my first Earth-like world, which is weird because I was skipping over a lot. I had to be. Um, I found it back with the old style scanner too, by the way. So that was interesting. I had to go back out to it when the new one came out so I could go get the scan on it. But anyway. Um, well, he's on round two. Y'all hear that? <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> yeah. Um, Darkest Vim got a cutter for whatever reason. But congratulations to Darkest Vim for getting the ship you wanted. Because I'm a big believer of the ship you want, not the ship you're supposed to. Congrats, but Dark. It's still a cutter. It's not a vet. But big shout out to a bomb banjo because he got his Corvette. So and I, I, I think he was wanting to go on the expedition, but decided to stay back and finish his federal grind. So shout! So congratulations to him, buddy. Um, I'm sure there's other people that have accomplished things that I missed. I can only keep up with so much. I have a job, and I do the best I can. So, I would like to give a big shout out to me for being the person on the expedition that has killed the most thargoids. And I'm a couple beers in, so yeah, I'm going to shout it out. I, you may not have killed the most thargoids. Maybe the, of the hmm. expedition. Yes. <laughs> I don't Chick know. Was, Chick, Chick, Chick was done before you. the expedition started, bro. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> During the date boundaries. <laughs> oh, shit. Episodes all over the place, y'all. We're just going all completely off the thing here. It's all good. <laughs> all right, so. Story time slash tie spies. So, a couple weeks ago, I asked you guys to link the largest system you found. Um, so, we'll go through... Um, the list, and then we'll talk about what we're doing this week. So, Jalaman found, found had two submissions: a fifty-one and a sixty-four. Meg eighty-one with sixty-seven. NL hate with seventy-five. Big Daddy GX fifty-five sixty-six. Dubs racking in a seventy-eight, which I think technically you were on, you were with him when he when he discovered that tracks, but I'm not one hundred percent on that. Uh, could have been, could have been. Uh, Roughneck fifty-seven with forty-nine, and by the way, that looks like that he actually took that screenshot with in VR from the way it looks. So that was kind of cool that he did that in VR. Um, he's not. I, I don't like to explore in VR, but I like to fly any VR. I know that sounds a little weird, but uh, yeah. but but you're exploring in VR, but that's really cool. So. 
Um, but the winner of the submissions is Roto Geek with 103. So congratulations to Roto Geek. I got nothing to give you, but you win. So cheers, Roto Geek. Hooray. Um, for this week, I want to see the highest gravity world that you found. What what planet has the highest G's? I found I, now. This is be one you found. Not just don't just Google the planet with the highest G. Anybody can do that. <laughs> Cheater. Just like show me one that you found, and if it's one that you, you know, you found in scan or whatever, you know, then uh, submit it by you know going to the screenshot on the left panel or going to the uh, system system. What's it called? System screen. Shit. What's it called? What, Sy- what part of what what? What are you trying to explain? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand what you're getting at. You screenshot um, with, with F10. Yeah. Okay. You screenshot. Take a screenshot of the system display with the planet. Oh, the system that, map. Right. The system map. Jesus. Mm, I didn't know what you were trying map. to. Yeah. Because it'll show the info there. You're right. For right, the right. gravity. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So take, take that screenshot and submit it. And um, if you could... Write down what the G is because uh, it's entirely possible old man Ty won't be able to see it. He'll have to zoom in on his phone, and no one wants Ty to have to zoom in on his phone. Or I'm, I, I had to do something horrible today. I had to enable large text on my phone, y'all. Oh, my God. I'm officially an old man. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> well, these screens are getting so high def, man. I mean, it's just craziness. So, <laughs> All right. That's really something. Yeah, it's something all right. I think that's all of the, um, all of the, uh, what's it called? All of the, uh, blah, 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 blah. discords. Yeah, all of the stuff. That, or, no, all we the, were. <laughs> Jeez. I got to stop talking. Place. All right. So let's get down to the cool thing that happened because we had a cool thing happen. So are we going to. Do Kai's question? Oh yeah, Kai's question. I didn't give. Yeah, yeah, I think question. we need it's to. Y- we need to not let Ty smoke weed before we do the show. Because <laughs> well, I am exhausted. If okay? Ty feels anything like me, it's it's so weird how like being needing to stay home in your house has made me feel like I have so much less free time. Uh, it's just amazing. So if he feels anything like me, I I get it. I get it. But like, like there's a yeah. Yeah. Like okay, so so I'm I'm still going to work, but I'm basically opening opening a new um, uh, police station right now, and there is so much shit to do because everything that was supposed to be done wasn't done. So I'm having to go back and make up things or, or go back and fix things that were never done because oh yeah, that's done. No, it wasn't. It was never done. So I was supposed to only do like five things, and I have a list of like thirty things, and I only got like twenty of them done so far this week. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's been my thing. So Kai's question. So last week's Kai's question we covered during the Benedetti interview. So we're going to skip that. This week's Kai's question, which we did put in on the interview, was what module would you want added to the game? I said a recon camera suite, and they could have follow-on mission capabilities. So, you know, you go to do the first mission where you do a fly-by pass, uh, you take the pictures, you go in, you turn it in, they give you a follow-on mission to come back and assault the base or extract some minerals or do some kind of a thing that you had, you know, previously reconned. 
uh, ties was the nested modules. If you have a six slot, you could put uh, a six, you could put two threes, you could put three twos, you could put six ones, you could put two ones and a four, any variation thereof. And tracks, yours was something to do with like a science recon thing, and you said you had some more thoughts on that. So go ahead and yeah, elaborate. Yeah, sure. I, I thought about it a little bit more. I, I think what I'm imagining is like some kind of a, a science or research uh, module or scanner that would allow us to do something more. Bes- it would almost be like opening up a new sort of area of gameplay, like separate from mining or exploration or combat or trading or whatever. So like we have like recon limpets or something, but there's very little that you can do with them. <coughs> and we already the have the, we already have the composition scanner. So this would have to be something more in depth or different, some different mechanic. Right. So I'm thinking like the way that the FSS kind of expanded and made mm-hmm. more gameplay like the mm-hmm. act of simply scanning something like the composition scanner could be replaced maybe with something that would allow us to do. And, and I don't know, maybe we're out flying around in super cruise and we have something a little bit like the FS, F, uh, uh, excuse me, SRV scanner, right? So there's something that you have to follow and know how to read and you could discover things and then find information about them and, and some kind of sciencey sort of stuff that would be a different avenue of play could have missions involved with it. I don't know. Could See, be a whole other corner of the game. I'm just seeing Spock bent over with his head in that little thing. That yeah, little, the view tube. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 to me, I always think of whenever you see the NFL refs, they put their head underneath the yeah. thing to watch the replay. It's one of those, but then it'll bring up a separate screen like the FSS screen, and then you do some sort of interaction <laughs> there. Yeah, I, I dig see, it. I, I get that visual. For me, it was... Professor Farnsworth with the smelloscope. Right on. Anybody? Yes. Right on. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get it. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's the gist of it. You know, I, I kind of like the idea of them taking the composition scanner and basically doing what you said, but expanding it. And I like the idea of them turning it into like a like a almost like a mini game sort of where you have to kind of sort elements into. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you would do it off the top of my head, but. I, I like the idea of having some science, like science shit. Yeah, science, bitch. You know, science that shit up. I'm, I'm all for there's, that. There's so much out here in the galaxy that could be <laughs> measured. Let's let's make that part of the game. I don't know. Yeah, man. I dig it. I dig it. And I dig the idea, going back to my previous statement of like, I would like to meet aliens that we don't just shoot or whatever. I dig the idea of coming across flora or fauna or minerals or anything that we don't just instantly shoot it and then break a piece off and scoop it up and you put it in your thing. Like, I I dig (laughs) the idea of like, oh, you got to scan it this way and modulate the frequencies and try to do some other thing in order to like get meaningful information, not just point and shoot. Yeah, it, it would also be kind of cool to like, um, uh, like if it was you know we, we already have like space animals. So what if we could want, launch like a, what if we could launch like a research probe or something, and have it actually you know like take a sample of it instead of just shooting them to get the sample or something you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, there there should just be more we could do with the thing that we get right, like the sample or the measurement or whatever. Um, obviously I don't, I don't have this all fleshed out. I just think like that's an area of the game that doesn't have any gameplay in it right now. Right on, man. 
Yeah, I, I, I think for, for this to be a space game, I kind of feel like the game is a little light on science stuff, and I would like a little bit more science stuff. I don't quite know how you do that without a science degree, but uh, I feel like that there's enough smart people at Frontier to be able to, like, oh, yeah, we can science that shit. We can science the hell out of it. Yeah, man. I mean, in fairness to them, I think they they have an amazing sort of physics model for the game, and they have amazing stuff. But we're we are just getting to the next phase of the game where you're getting past the initial flight model and getting more into the realm of you know, hopefully in the next two to three years, into the realm of things like atmospheric landings and more sort of meaningful interactions with planets and hopefully you know flora and fauna. So. Yeah, I think that's a perfect thing to put on the horizon for stuff to come. Yep. Okay, right on. <laughs> so, uh, commanders, write in. Tell us, what do you think? What uh, What would you like to be a new module added to the game? All right. So, are we ready for the big thing now? Is everybody ready? Is everybody uh, ready? I was born ready, brother. All right. So today, March 26, Mr. Stephen Benedetti posted a wonderful, wonderful little post on the forums, and it is titled Fleet Carriers Announcement Content Reveal. I'm going to read this word for word here, so. Greetings, commanders. I won't be able to do it with his cool little uh, Scottish accent. Oh, let me try a Scottish accent with it. Greetings, commanders. Uh, do maybe it. don't do that. Yeah, maybe <laughs> don't. Maybe don't. We're thrilled to announce that the first look at the upcoming fleet carrier update will be coming to your screens on Thursday, April the 2nd. Lead server developer Dav Stott and game designer, designer Luke Betterton will join us on a special talk special video to talk us through what these vast vessels are and how they'll be shaking up the galaxy. Since the initial reveal of fleet carriers, we've examined the concept of predefined loadouts and decided to invest additional time to ensure that fleet carriers offer the same level of flexibility and customization as other ships with, within, within Elite Dangerous. We've done this by adding more loadout options to make your carrier unique and allow for player-to-player -player interaction like you've never seen before in Elite Dangerous. Squirming in your cockpit chair wanting to know more details. I didn't read that with any sort of question thing at the end. <laughs> here, are, here is some key information on fleet carriers, but for the entire content reveal, tune in to our pre-recorded stream on YouTube April 2nd at 1800 hours UTC. That's 6, that's 6 p.m. for people who don't know military time. Although we won't be live, our team will be there in the chat to answer any questions that you may have. Here are, the, here are the bullet points. One of your most frequent questions about fleet carriers was, how much do they cost? Fleet carriers will be a lucrative investment, costing 5 billion credits at launch. Fleet carriers are individually owned and feature 16 landing pads of varying sizes for other players to dock at. Fleet carriers have a new fuel, tritium, to jump from system to system. Fleet carriers have a max jump range of 500 light years at one time, with the ability to jump whenever the owner won't, wants. Won'ts. Can I, I'm redneck kicking in there. However, they will have to 
They will have a buildup and cooldown period between jumps. You can manage your carrier's finances by setting tariffs and adjusting the buying and selling prices for commodities traded in its market. As it currently stands, we're aiming to launch fleet carriers. We're aiming to launch fleet carrier, the fleet carrier update in June, and we'll be calling all commanders to experience fleet commanders as both visitors and owners in two upcoming public betas before the update is live. The first beta will begin April 7th for PC only, and the second beta, which will be launched on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, will take place in May. Please note that there is a chance that these timeframes may change slightly in the coming weeks, but we'll keep you up to date on the specific times, dates, and instructions. See you there, Commanders. So let me start off by saying, Kai, you nailed it. Five billion, man. Well, I mean, there are a bunch of people that guessed in in that range or whatever. Um, yeah, man, there's there's a lot of of interesting things. I think what we should do is we should kind of take this. We I, I didn't want to say a word. I let you read the whole thing through. We should go line by line now, though, and really pick it apart. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I was wanting to do too. Sounds good. Right on. This is the most information <coughs> we've gotten about fleet carriers since what was it November with with that video way back when. Yeah, yeah. And apparently some things have changed. So let's look at it. So the first paragraph, right? Yeah, go ahead. The only thing that's really of note is April 2nd. Okay, fine. And then Davstadt and uh, Luke Betterton. So they're going to be there. Okay, that's pretty much. But the first paragraph, there's not really much to sort of pull through. The second paragraph, since the initial reveal of fleet carriers, we have examined the concept of predefined loadouts and decided to invest additional time to ensure that fleet carriers offer the same level of flexibility and customization as other ships. So to me, now you could read this, you could probably make a dozen different arguments, but what I'm reading this as them saying is this is sort of in part why they were delayed. <clears throat> they had their idea that they gave us before, because if you remember when we were expecting to get fleet carriers in December, we were expecting to get Eight types. You were going to get the bounty hunter, the pirate, the smuggler, the explorer, the search and rescue, yada, yada, yada. And what they're saying here is we looked at that and we were underwhelmed. We didn't like it. We didn't think you were going to like it. So we did some different hoodoo on it and we got something else. And from what they're saying, it's the same level of flexibility and customization as other ships, which means to me now... This is just speculation. But what I'm saying, the same spec the same abilities or, or flexibility and customization as other ships, that means they have some sort of a system or modules or something in there. So it's like my fleet carrier can be an exploration and mining fleet carrier, or my fleet carrier can be combat and you know, exploration or something because <clears throat> you have modules mm. or doohickeys, widgets of some kind that you buy and put in there. And you can say like, I mean, okay, like just trying to look at this logically, I don't think there's any way that they're going to let you have everything. So just the same way as like, if you want to have a good, uh, you know, you let's say, okay, I have a, a, a cutter or a, a, a vet, like I can make a mining vet or I could make a, 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 
You know, obviously a vet is more suited towards combat, but you could make some hybrid builds with like a cutter where you say like, hey, part of this is for mining, part of this is for trucking. Like it could do some of both or it has, you know, capabilities that go along both routes. So that's super, super exciting to me because it's like, and and, and maybe answers the mystery of like, well, why did you wait? Like, to me, if they had a product that was subpar that they could have put out in December and they looked at it and said, mm, this is not going to knock anybody's socks off. We want to take it back and do some more work on it and make it more exciting. And as a result, we have to wait an extra you know, couple of months. But what we end up with is a product that is way more sort of controllable by me. Like I can say like, I want mine to do this, this, and this, not just what you say, like is the, you know, I I don't want to buy a la carte. I want to buy, or what is it off the, I want to, I want to pick my own stuff off the menu. I, I, that's, so that's super, super exciting. What do you guys think about that paragraph? Tracks go first, bud. Uh, I, I think if, if I had to analyze that, I guess I, I would say, the idea that the ship itself was customized to a task was um, either onerous to code or not very fun in game or both. Um, and mm. the change was like, you know what? Maybe the carrier itself doesn't need to have like, you know, oh, I'm going to buy like uh, the the way they had different looks and stuff. I'm trying to think back to that. Like uh, it was um, the Tinder ships or the support ships that, Support were, ships, yeah. That, that I never really understood it. that, and and I what that was, and I felt like it wasn't really well explained at the time, anyway. So maybe I misunderstood it, but obviously it was just a tease. Um, but like that whole thing, I I didn't really get. So maybe modifying the ship itself is not really what's going on, um, mm. or or, or well, at least it just didn't. You know, it <clears throat> locked you in. I'm picturing you buying something you know, that costs 5 billion credits and then, oh man, I wish I'd gotten an exploration one now, mm. you know? Mm. Um, well, since you mentioned the tender ships, mm. I'm, I'm going to point out now, we only have some information here, but one thing I don't see any mention of on this, on this page is the tender ships. So maybe that's part of the rework or maybe it's just that that's about something that's going to come out on April 2nd. Well, I mean, I, even though they don't mention it, they didn't really talk a lot about the tender ships beforehand. What I'm wondering here is if, because it says we're adding more loadout options to make your carrier unique. I'm kind of what I draw from that from is that we're going to have a bunch of loadout options for the tender ship. Like we're going to have instead of just having the pirate or the mercenary or whatever, you're going to be able to <coughs> have all of the options of all of all of them put together in one box, so to speak. Okay. Well, all of them. Like that seems way overpowered. Well, unless okay, there has to be some not, balance at that point. Yeah, like, I, I mean, maybe not all of it. Maybe it's like maybe before they're like, all right, so you can buy you can buy a pirate <coughs> ship or an explorer ship. Well, maybe it's like, well, now we're going to give you. Uh, I mean, just you know, because the way this game is is is, and this is me just guessing here. This you know, this game is modular, mm-hmm. like in the the loadout screen and whatnot. So I'm thinking, well, maybe it's like you have. Five slots. You can drag, you know, from you have your list of the nine options, you can drag five over or something, you know? Yeah, so I mean, they have, that, they have that mechanic in as part of the game that we're used to already, so we could be reusing some of that kind of feel and UI and stuff. 
So wow. you're thinking you're thinking like we could have a tender ship that says like oh I've got my tender ship does mining and bounty hunting and exploration and Traxes does bounty hunting and search and rescue and smuggling and Ties does you know whatever, whatever. three other yeah. things and right. and and it's three things or five things or however many things but not all of the things right. Like, I, that just seems sort of like, mm, wow, that would be crazy be. powerful. Unless there's some other way that we don't know to balance it out. <clears throat> right. Well, look, look at the last line of that that paragraph, though. It yeah, says, that's what I was you know, going to talk about here. So. And, and, and allow for player-to-player interaction like you've never seen before in Elite Dangerous. Which, to me, holy shit. Like, okay, wh- what do you mean by that? Like... Like I'm reminding, I'm reminded of the Brucey bonus. I'm reminded of him saying, you know, <laughs> that like we will interact in ways that we've never done before and new and novel mechanics. And I'm like, uh, okay, whoa, okay, okay. Well, let, let me let, let me just say this because I'm gonna kind of break around here a little bit. So you take the Brucey bonus. You take this statement here, allow for player player interaction like you've never seen before, and you take the last bullet point. Mm-hmm. You can manage yes. your carrier's finances by setting tariffs. <clears throat> well, so, not just that. By finish that finish that sentence. Yeah. yeah, and adjusting the buying and selling prices for commodities traded, traded in, in its, its market. market. Which that right there to that's me, that's a yeah, because <clears throat> that's a telling if, thing. So, so if you're adjusting the prices of the commodity, and you know, yeah, we're jumped ahead. We're not there at that point yet. But if you're adjusting the commodities in the market prices, that means you know. Well, so, who are you selling your commodities or buying your commodities from? You're either it has to either be NPCs or other player characters. So right. if it's NPCs. That seems a little weird that they would let us set our prices because, I mean, obviously then my prices, my price policy is going to be I buy everything for one credit and I sell everything for a billion credits. And if the if the NPCs still come and and, and do the trades, like that seems kind of broken to me. When it when you say you can set the prices for commodities, that seems to me like you're talking about. For other players to buy and sell. And if they're putting in this, that means player market. Like, or, I mean, we don't have all the information. So it's like, I don't want to overhype and then have people be like, you lied to me. But like, the implication to me there is player market. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, sounds that way. Especially when you tie that in with. Interact with interactions like you've never seen before, player to player. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you put A plus B together. Right. So, well, like saying that there's a commodities market, the only way commodities markets have ever interacted is with players up till now. So either you're adding NPCs can interact with player markets, and since it's on my carrier, now I'm the merchant instead of the ship. Or, which that could be. Which could be, but it's either that or players can trade with each other, which means credits for in-game objects like commodities. So that that's player market. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's um, big. I, so, know, so, I know the pilot's going to be happy. So there's something else that goes along with this, though, that we're kind of we're skipping over. So 
if if we're they're in a situation where they're putting in because because basically what they're saying here is buying and you setting tariffs and adjusting buying and selling prices for commodities traded in its market. Its market has to be some sort of player market because that's what we're what we're thinking here. Well, what are you selling? Are you selling the cargo <coughs> off your ship? So you got to look at those as two well, separate hold on, things. Hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. So are, are you right. selling the cargo off your ship? Or are you selling cargo that's on the fleet carrier? Because you're not just going to sit there and dock and like, well, I have you know 700 of these things. I mean, are you going to? I think, I think, I think we can. I think we can glean that the fleet carrier is going to have some storage from this. Uh, maybe. I, I think maybe. I mean, Here's the it, thing, though. Yeah. They could handle it by saying that it has storage and that you draw from that storage, or they could handle it by saying that the market itself has storage. You don't have it, but the market has it, and like stuff not directly comes in and addressable. Goes out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, but like, but but I see I see your point, and I like where you're going because you know me from for a year now or for a long time for, for as long as we've been doing these interviews i've been telling everybody like a store they're gonna have storage and everybody's been saying no they're not you're kidding yourself and i'm like they're gonna have storage man so like i just i go back to and i know this is now gone but the idea of when they said hey we're gonna have a <clears throat> a uh you know a, a mining fleet carrier and we're gonna have these trading fleet carriers and to me i was always like what the hell are you going to do with a mining fleet carrier? Like, I'm going to jump 500 light years out, mine up just enough that I can fill up a T9 and then come back? Like, that seems like a waste. Yeah. <clears throat> like, it has to have, in that in that context, right, it has to have storage that isn't unlimited or it would be... Yeah, it can't be unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be, there has to be some limit of some sort. But the question is, is that limit abstract and you don't have any access to it where they say, oh, the limit is just that the market has storage, but you don't? Or is that limit uh, yeah. concrete and we have direct access to it? That's that's a whole that's a whole other thing. But the other thing, and again, we're, we're sort of jumping down, but still, that you brought up the idea of tariffs. So tariffs, to me, you could break those out into several different categories. Number one, a tariff would be I'm charging you a tax on, because that's all tariff means is a tax. I'm charging you a tax on everything that's bought and sold through my market. But if you notice, it says by setting tariffs and adjusting the buying and selling prices of the commodities market. Those It, it didn't say by setting tariffs on the commodities. It said by setting tariffs and as a separate sort of idea, selling the prices for the commodities market. So the tariffs could also be, <laughs> I'm going to charge you to land on my base, as Shan was saying in our in our Discord earlier when he was talking about it. It could be, I'm going to charge you uh, to refuel. I'm going to charge you to buy limpets. I'm going to charge you to repair. I'm going to charge you to what? Are, well, let's try to think. Maybe I'm going to charge you to sell your cartographic data if that's a thing that can be done, or I'm going to charge you. Like we don't know exactly what they do yet. So whatever it is that they do, remember when we were talking about it before when we said, okay, there's going to be a bounty hunting one. Well, then obviously it seems to me if you have a bounty hunting fleet carrier, you have to be able to sell bounties, or if you have a exploration fleet carrier you have to be able to sell cartographic data what if so it seems like yeah yeah what if i, I set a tariff of going. saying 50 percent on cartographic data and then i park 
out at Beagle Point, and then people they come out there they're like, shit, I gotta I gotta try to sell this because I you know I don't know if I'm gonna make it back or if I'm gonna you know blow up. But then you sell your cartographic data, and I set a tariff of fifty percent, or I set a tariff of a flat amount, or however they figure out how to work it or whatever. Or see. But here's the other thing. We don't know. Does it say that we set the tariffs? We, ba, 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 ba. You can manage your carriers by setting, setting tariffs. tariffs. Okay, so yeah. I get to pick the tariffs. So I was just thinking, like, maybe the FDEV just says, okay, the tariff for cartographic data is 10% or 12% or whatever. But no, it says we set the tariffs. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what makes me think it has to be player. <clears throat> that has well, a player no, I market. Guess it doesn't, I guess it still doesn't have to be player market because you could just like if you're if you set your tariffs too high and they were and you were trying to get NPCs to interact with you, you might get fewer NPCs interacting with you because the tariff was too high. I guess so it maybe it still doesn't we'll find have out. to be player, but I don't we'll know, find April second. <laughs> we'll find yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's finish. So that finishes yeah. us with paragraph one. Does anybody have anything else on paragraph one? No. Well, actually, there's a period that I want to analyze in there. Now, why isn't that a semicolon? I think that tells us something. All right. So, going to the bullet points then. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no. The next thing. Squirming in your chair, wanting more details. Okay, that's just hype. Here is some key information, Fleet Carriers. But for the entire content reveal, tune in to our pre-recorded stream on YouTube, April 6th. So, I'm guessing they recorded this... Probably before everybody went on full on lockdown, they're yeah. smart guys. They probably it's, knew like, oh shit, this is coming. Italy's they, they been on lockdown. That. Everybody's well, been on lockdown. Day before, <laughs> on. day before they had to go home or something. Hold on, hold on. So, so we're we're making a guess there because all it says is that uh, Dav Scott, Luke Betterton will join us, but it doesn't say they're in studio. It just says that they pre-recorded it. So we're, well, we're just guessing. Yeah. Why that. wouldn't they do that live then if they were just the three guys sitting around in their boxers? You know, well, from that's the house. a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe uh, you know what? For something this big, it probably would make sense. Even if you are three guys sitting in your boxers, to do it pre-recorded, <laughs> just in case somebody trips over and says, you know, they cost five million, and it's like, no, Bob, they cost five billion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So maybe whatever. We don't know. You're okay, right. But, Bob's the worst. <clears throat> so eight o'clock at, or six guy. o'clock at night. Uh, although we won't be live, our team will be there in the chat to answer questions that you may have. Let me tell you something. Uh, okay. I can tell you for sure, <laughs> Stephen Benedetti, who has been dodging like a fucking NFL goalie for the last however long, like a year almost or whatever, of like, yeah, I cannot talk about that. I cannot talk about that. He is going to be <laughs> typing so fast his fingers are going to be bleeding because he's like, I can finally talk about that! Guess he's going to be answering about. all those questions. I can just see him. I can just see him with like a beer and bits of a munchie box all over his beard and just happy as shit just being able to finally talk about everything. Yep. All right, so one of our oh, most yeah. fre- one of our most All frequent right. questions about fleet carriers, how much do they cost? Fleet carriers will be a lucrative investment costing 5 billion credits at launch. So does that mean that they're going to be like discounted later or it could also mean that 5 billion at launch could mean cuz how they say they're customizable, it could be like when you buy an anaconda or you could buy like a a a a cutter for like uh, like you know, whatever, two hundred million. But then when you a rate it, it's like one point six billion. So oh. it could be when they say that five billion is the cost, it could be like, hey, this is the cost 
for the unmoduled one. If you want to get the full on the tie special, the tier vol special where he wants it to do everything, it's going to cost you 15 billion or something. Like, we don't know. Well, that's interesting because I read, I interpreted the, the phrase at launch to mean that there was some kind of early bird discount <laughs> when I first read this. So that's obviously, that was a stupid idea. I don't have the money for that. And I was upset. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've actually thought about the 5 billion thing. And I'm like, you know, I'm sitting like six and a half billion or something like that. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be purchased, but. Well, the other thing um, is, well, the other thing is like, maybe you get a discount if you're one of the original founders, or maybe if you buy a federation, uh, fleet carrier and you have max rep with the federation maybe that's you know how you can get full admiral or king Mm -hmm. maybe maybe like if you're just at like uh duke you could get or maybe there's no rep but i mean maybe there's a discount of like saying like oh well this is an imperial uh fleet carrier and if you're a king you get like half off or like i don't know something well well, what I'm curious is, I'm wondering, like, if you like, like, can I go buy it at Lee Young Roo and get it for like four and a half bill? You know? Yeah, he always does the discount. So, you, yeah, yeah, that could be. It could be, or, or if you get it, uh, you know, from uh, what is it, Jameson with the flat ten percent? Jameson has a ten yes. percent. Uh, there's also other. There's that wiki of like all the systems that have like. Mm-hmm. There's legit. If you get high enough rank in prestige in uh, the the CQC, you can get a lot of modules and stuff for like twenty percent off. Maybe if you get a CQC fleet carrier, you get like some uh, extra discount. And, you know, this is another thing, too. I'm curious about, like, like I wonder how they're going to appear. Like, are you going to be inside of Jameson? You buy it, and then you fly outside up. There's your fleet carrier. I wonder how that's going to work, you know? So, I mean, a fleet carrier is massive, so it's going to have to be a thing where you go to a place. Remember, like, we've seen shipyards in stuff around in, around Elite Dangerous where it's like, oh, here's that shipyard that has this or shipyard that has that. I bet you it's going to be like, oh, you have to go here. Or it could be like the shipyard is someplace off screen, and then it's like, I ordered it, and then like, okay, your crew will be arriving with your pizza at this day. That or, would be know, disappointing. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, if, so I look at on uh, the Twitter post, the Twitter where they posted uh, the Twitter. I'm an old man here. Looking at Twitter where they posted some of these screenshots, mm. uh, there's no way that damn thing's fitting through the mail slot. There's just no way. <laughs> that's <laughs> that. That's like a joke, right? Yeah, no, there's, that's not a. Yeah, that's not a thing that would be in any way possible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So the next thing. Uh, so, okay, the the price, so the, the thing is there could be lower because of discounts. It could be higher because of modules or I don't even know if it's going to be modules or if they're going to call it some other name or whatever. But, like, you know, I mean, obviously it's not like you're getting like, oh, give me a 6A fuel scoop. Like, it's something different, but, like, maybe it's an equivalent of that, like mm-hmm. a 6,000A fuel scoop for. <laughs> or a, well, bigger, a frame scoop, shift drive big enough yeah, to do yeah. the 500. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. What if you could like, oh, hey, uh, I want mine to have the extended jump range or something like that. Eh, we'll have to see what, what oh, those bring. What if you could engineer <clears throat> it? Oh, <laughs> crazy. All right. That's, yeah. <clears throat> Fleet carriers are individually owned and feature 16 landing pad parentheses of varying size for other players to dock at. Now, now, we know from the old fleet carrier pictures right. and the old stuff that they had that it was four small, four medium, 
eight large. That's what they were before. We don't know if they've been rejiggered, but I think in some of the pictures, they look the same. Some of the pictures look similar to the pictures that we had before. So I'm thinking it's still eight, four, and four. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at the screenshot right now. If 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 this is still the this is the one that's posted <coughs> off of Twitter. If, if this is still the screenshot, I count eight large, two medium, two small on one side, which I can only assume it's mirrored on the other side. So it'd okay. be yeah. So eight four four. Yeah, yeah. The other the other thing that you take from that statement is for other players to dock at. So we if we know that other players can dock at your base, and we know that there are 16 landing pads, here's something that occurs to me, guys. Have they done any back-end work, you think, with regard to, like, around fleet carriers or whatever to give it some kind of a super uh, capacity or super status on servers that make... to me, having 16 players that close together interacting with a thing is like, ooh, that's a lot. So maybe they've done some back-end mm-hmm. work on their capabilities that will pay off dividends in the future for like people doing things together. Because if you if you literally have 16 ships interacting with one big ship, that's a lot of sort of interactions there. So let's let's think about this for a minute. We know um, during the, I want to say it was like the, the January patch, somewhere around there, they did a great big, they specifically addressed the uh, uh, the, the rubber banding of ships mm-hmm. around. They um, did. Which, you know, so to do, to do that, they have to address some of the net code. I got a feeling they cleaned up a lot of that net code. Just, just a guess, because I have I've experienced very little rubber banding, which I'm not entirely sure wasn't on my side. Because I was, you know, streaming a <coughs> bunch of stuff too, so uh, it's entirely possible it was actually on my end as well. Yeah, no, maybe I think it has cleaned up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel like we've yeah. had 16 people in an instance before when we were hey, doing just, that sidewinder nonsense. Easily, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just thinking like that's like it's really tight. Like, hey, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm yeah, I don't right. think they 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 put it out with it not being able to function. So I'm I'm yeah, it looks good. Okay. Well, the other thing that we get from this is okay, this is confirmation, and we kind of had I think previous discussion with regard to it, but this is direct confirmation. Other players can dock at your ship, which again, with when you take that and you put it with the tariffs, as mentioned before, and you put it with the markets, as mentioned before, now there's no reason to say, well, like, how do you even know other players can go to your fleet carrier? Like, we know, because they said it right there. I think it always would have been very silly if they couldn't. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. But this is so, it's a matter yeah. of between what you know and or what you <laughs> assume and what you can prove. And this what is what you know you know and what <clears throat> you don't know you know you know. Well, so 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 my question with this is is like we still don't quite know like when you log out is your fleet carrier persistent? Like like if, if so I don't go said, to work, are you still gonna be able to interact with my fleet carrier while you're there? They said that yes, your fleet carriers are persistent and indestructible, and only one per instance. But to That's be clear, at this point, all so. three of those statements were ones that were made months ago, which we don't have confirmation that that, accurate, that information is still accurate. It was accurate from them, from their mouth, 
at one point, but we don't know. Right. Obviously, it's been rejiggered, so who knows? I, I think right. it's still kind of. I, I don't <coughs> think there's a problem with accurate. any. Right. There's no problem with any of that. No, I I, I believe that the it's fleet all carrier still, itself will be an instance. But it is not explicit. That that is not explicitly stated here. It right, was so, the case. So 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 let's 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 just let's extrapolate this for just a minute. Let's go back to the to the leak for the uh, for the 2020 update where they talked about base building. Okay. And let's look at the fact that uh, FDev wanted to have someone on on hand who could do uh, uh, AI vehicles, ground mm-hmm. vehicles. Mm-hmm. And let's also look at that um, uh, the uh, ARCs uh, leak with the uh, base labels um, that they were talked about there. You take that information, you take the fact that we think <coughs> fleet carriers will have will be uh, persistent. They've basically said that we're going to have a player economy here, uh, our, our player trading here. I think that I think that this is basically what we're looking at for base building for the 2020 update. Is what I think. I think that I think that they are laying pre-roll. in tools. Yeah, these are these are the tools for it. And then you factor in stuff like all of the uh, 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 fact or all of the system states that they put in with the January update uh, uh, with uh, uh, blight and uh, uh, f- uh, not famine. Uh, uh, Drought well, fam- and famine's disaster. What was it? Famine they put in? I can't remember. Anyway, well, no, you mean famine was an older <coughs> one, right? No, yeah, right, famine right, had already right, existed. Right. There was blight, infrastructure failure, uh, public holiday, public holiday, right. uh, terrorist, uh, terrorist attack. attack. Yeah, and, all, all, all the new ones they put in. And there was like is, act of God or something. It was like a dis- natural disaster. disaster. Dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <coughs> they, they, they put in all this stuff. This all feels like that. For the for the 2020 update, man, it really looks like we're getting base building. Because if your fleet carrier is going to be persistent, there's no reason to think that your base won't be persistent at this point. So that you carve out some clarify, land on a planet or moon, and that's your base. So just to clarify or to point out, uh, I just want to make sure that we don't steer anybody wrong. Unless I'm mistaken, that job listing was for a uh, person to design AIs to drive around vehicles planet side. Right. I think that it specifically said planet side. I just want to make sure that we're not like if someone's like, like you're going to say we're having cars drive around on our fleet carriers. Like, no. But I think the biggest thing that you didn't include there is what they say in this exact letter where it says, you know, uh, um, We've done this by adding more loadout options that make your carrier unique and allow for player yeah. interaction. So you're literally Sort of link uh, uh, like Legoing bits onto your fleet carrier to build it up to do stuff. That to me is just a movable base. So yeah, I I, I dig that, and I don't want to. I don't know I, the leak thing. It's like I'm I'm so sick of the leak. Uh, but but yeah, I I, I I the other thing that leads me to think about that is like. <clears throat> If you're going to have bases, they only can serve a couple purposes, one of which is, you know, just vanity item. The other would be, uh, you know, storing stuff, gathering stuff and producing stuff. So either and and, yeah. and what what this here to me with this this we have a, a, a flying base 
that has a market, well, as Ty said, if it has a market, it kind of has to be able to sell stuff. It has to have it has some to have inventory. I yeah. think there's enough here that we can definitely say <clears throat> that this lays the groundwork for being able to generate passive income. Within right. the game, which is a precursor well, for all kinds of other things, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's explicit. They say in there that you set yeah. the prices on the market and you have tariffs. So even if I'm logged out, if you come over and you want to buy and sell shit off of my my ship, you, you got to cut daddy in on a taste. I, I need some some cheddar over here. What's the vig, man? What's the vig? <laughs> that's no. That's if you owe money to a loan. I'm gonna have to explain that shit. and yeah, babies I don't to know, you. I don't. No, I don't know criminal stuff, man. Tell so, us how right. it works. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. So okay, so basically, if you make a bet and you can't cover the no, okay, wait, okay, the next thing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, tritium. So we did. So fleet carriers use a new fuel, tritium, to jump from system to system. I have tritium right here in this room with me. I have very small amounts on my watch dials. If you have like mm-hmm. nice watches, they have the tritium on the hand, so they glow in the dark. But it's super, super radioactive, and I'm thinking that I'm going to need more than just what's in my my watch dials in order to uh, in order to uh, you know make it go. Um, I'm still <laughs> holding on to what I've said all along. I hope to God that we get tritium from the asteroid belts that are in the beginning of the planets, or in some way we scoop it from gas giants or something. But we'll 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 uh, right. have to see what you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like I actually have tritium right here too. I actually have the, the tritium <coughs> sights on oh, my yeah. uh, on my uh, AR here. I know mm-hmm. rifle, um, uh, and I have a a, a a tritium red dot, uh, mm-hmm. which works wonderful because that way you don't have to worry about batteries. Yep. Um, but uh, well, tritium is used well. Not you don't as have much to worry anyway. about it for a couple thousand years, but then yeah, you're going to yeah, need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> batteries, half life. What's the difference? Yeah. So tritium is actually was hydrogen three. Is that right? Yeah, that's I think, right. I think that's right. A proton yeah. and two neutrons. Yeah, I, I, I think it's so. This is interesting to me. So, like, I want to say tritium. I know tritium is extremely rare on Earth, and I think I think it's a gas, isn't it? Um, I think it, I at think room temperature can be, but they treat it in order to put it like because I have the same thing on my XDM and my Glock. I've got the tritium sights, so yeah, they, right. they they can treat it and turn it into a I don't know a a, a, a thing Let's that they're see. able to a glowy yeah. thing that lets us shoot people. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So looking at this, okay, jump from system to system, but it doesn't really tell us where we get it from yet. We do know, we do know, and now this is old information, but we do know at one time from them that you can mine it, which, you know, who knows, gas giant mining, asteroid belt mining, mining from from metallic rings, mining from icy rings, mining from some kind of thing, or— you can buy it from certain stations. They did say back in the day, certain stations. And they did say very clearly, not for ARCs. This is for in-game money only. Not This is not a pay-to-win. <clears throat> Fleet carriers have a max jump range of 500 light years at one time with the ability to jump whenever the owner wants. However... They will have a buildup and a cooldown period between jumps. So we know that they can jump 500 light years maximum 
at a time. We don't know how much the tank holds. It could be 500 light years and I can make 10 jumps. So it's a 5,000 light year tank, or it could be 500 light years and then you got to fill it up. Uh, We don't know. That would be crummy. But we also know that you schedule somehow the, they told us before, and again, this is this might be where maybe you're flying the fleet carrier now, but they told us when they originally came up with the concept that you were not flying it, you managed it executively. So that would mean to me, like you go into the galaxy map and you say go here, and then it goes there, but you never actually get to get behind the wheel and fly it around. Right. Um, and we know that they have a build up and a cool down period between jumps. So before they said it doesn't just go on the tick, you can go whenever, which they're confirming here because they say uh, jump well, whenever it, the owner wants. Right. But well, we don't you know, know how, how long. We don't maybe know how that long build up cool down time is. is two minutes. Maybe that build up cool down time is a day. We don't know. We'll find out. I See, assume on the second. <clears throat> this is this is what kind of worries me about this. Um, the cool down period. We don't know what the cool down period is. What worries me is that it's going to be like the uh, the gnosis where they have like a week long cool down period before they can do a jump. And I, you want to taste? Uh, let, let me tell you something. I don't want to spend five billion credits on is give me a week before I can before I can do another jump. That's going to drive me crazy if they do something like that. I really hope they don't do that. I really hope the cool down period is like. At the very least, at the, at the most a day. I hope I, I would like to think it's like a five minute cooldown or something. You know? Yeah, I I think that if they were to make the cooldown period a week, you would find that half of the market would say no thanks. So I, exactly. I don't think they they did all that work to make this cool, sexy new thing to have people go no thanks. It's already going to be hard for people to afford $5 billion. People are going to have to work at it. It's going to be aspirational. I have faith that they're going to make it something nice that it's like, okay, I can still do a bunch of shit with this. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's um, it, it, <coughs> f- 500 light years. It, it's tough to imagine this being something that you're going to use to explore. It 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 would like support exploration, right? It's not going to be like a fast way to get across the galaxy because oh, no. it's so big. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I, I, I still like kind of what I envision doing is like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go here and I'm going to set my fleet carrier to meet me here. And I guess, you know, however, whatever the cooldown time is to get there, I, I, I'm guessing it's going to be a day. I don't know. I'd like to think it's shorter, but I really hope it's not a week, but we'll just say, a, a, you know, a day for them to move it. Mm. So, you know, it takes a week to go, what is seven times five? Uh, it 35. takes a week to go 30, 3,500 light years. So basically in two weeks or three <laughs> weeks, I'll meet you out, you know, halfway to the, to SAG A or whatever. But, uh, but, but, Basically, whenever I get it where I want, I'm going to explore around it in 500 mm-hmm. year bubbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then move it 500 light years, and then explore around <clears throat> it 500 year bubbles, and then go from but, there. But 500 is just not that far compared it to is. what we're doing in exploration. No, no, 500 is massively far when you think of it this way. Tracks, you're thinking 500 linear. Now take 500 and make it in a three dimensional. Make a three dimensional 500 light year cube. 
that's thousands and thousands and thousands of systems that you would have to scan. That'll take you a month, much yeah. less a week. And then you just jump it 500 light years and do another cube. But the other thing to keep in mind, look, we're looking at it right now. We're three guys out on an expedition. So it makes sense that our brain is immediately ticked to expedition, expedition, yeah. expedition. I'm covering but, linear <clears throat> distance. But – Look at it from the standpoint of like a trader or a, a, a guy that wants to do, you know, extra stuff like bounty hunter wants to like use it or whatever. Like you could. All right. Here's a thought. <clears throat> Let's say you go to Baran and just park right there. And then you're like, hey, you guys want to buy my limpets? Come buy my limpets. They're a thousand fucking uh, a piece. Which if if a if guy doesn't have to go all the way out to a station or whatever, that you might get people buying, you know, a billion limpets at a thousand uh, uh, credits a piece. And then, oh, while you're here, dump off your stuff at my. Uh, at my market here, I'm buying uh, uh, low temperature diamonds for, you know, say I've half extra the low price. tariffs on my diamonds. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying, buying low temperature diamonds for like half the because I set the price, half the price of what the market is at the farthest place, but it's about equal to what you would get around here. And then mm. I just sit there all week. And even when I'm not there, when I'm at work, it's just just selling limpets for crazy high money and buying diamonds for crazy low money. And then I jumped that fucker all the way across the bubble, 500 light years away to the best sales spot. I, I, I talked to somebody. I got a buddy who's like just jumped out there and said, yeah, man, they're offering this much. And they got a crazy high demand. And then I just go. And because I'm still not bringing in the carrier. So I just go, I fill up my uh, <clears throat> ship and I can fill up a nice little one, you know, so that I I, I fill up a, you know, say a, 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 a Python. So I've got like 170 tons. I just go back and forth. And every time when the system scans me, the, 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 the station scans me. It's like, oh, he's only got 170 tons mm-hmm. in his cargo. Give him the high price. And I just, tax. I just, you know, work it all week, man. The 500 light years, that, that's the other thing to keep in mind. 500 light years basically takes you from one end of the bubble to the other. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> so, about to bring up. That's, that's like, um, I'm, I'm picturing like gas stations across the street from each other, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you know, find some fleet carrier with tariffs that are a little bit high mm-hmm. and park next to them with and lower your tariffs. Two cents five. less. Yeah, yeah. Like just two a little cents bit a less. gallon's less. Come, <laughs> come, come get my gas. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you right now, I foresee like, like in, in, in I foresee, I mean, we're, 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 we're guessing here based upon what is told here, but I foresee like, me parking outside of a uh, of a refinery, like, hey, you know, you want to sell your shit here? Just, you know, just saying, you might be able to make a little bit better profit here, man. <coughs> and me, 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 take some vig off that, you know. I'm still not using that, right, Emma? No, vig is the <laughs> vig is the tax you have to pay when you can't cover your bet. So it's it's the points. That's okay. that's the vig. Okay. Yeah, All this right, is so not no shit. Yeah, that's okay. You're talking about <laughs> what you're talking about is like a call margin or like different. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. 
So they also say you can manage your carrier's financing by setting tariffs. Okay, we, we already hit this part. The tariffs right, right, right. could be on landing. It could be on repairing. It could be on refueling. It could be on selling stuff. It could be on buying stuff. What if you look, imagine like, imagine it's a situation where it's like, hey, um, you know, I've got a bunch of uh, fuel scoops on my uh, on my thing, and I, I I'll put a, I just put a price tag on my shit and be like, hey, look, if somebody wants to, these are for me to use, but if somebody wants to way overpay for them, yeah, fucking sell it, uh, yeah, sure, sure. <clears throat> and then the commodities market. So, all right, let's get to the to the elephant in the room here: buying and selling prices for commodities traded in its market. Now. This is the question. This is the the pilot versus the exegesis whole raging debate. We had the discussion on our show a month or two ago about this exact thing. And once you bring in a player economy, you know, are there, what are the limits on this? Like, uh, maybe I can set the price, but it's like within a certain margin or something. Because, you know, if I can set the price of... Uh, you know, like, let's say, uh, you know, I'm playing and, uh, like I've been playing this game for forever and Ty is my brother and he just started playing today and he's got his, you know, brand new Sidewinder and he's like, okay, what do I do? And I'm like, okay, come to my fleet carrier, uh, before you leave the station, whatever your station is in, what do they sell there? And you're like, oh, they sell bio waste. And I'm like, all right, cool. Buy four tons of bio waste. You have four cargo slots, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So you come to my station, and while you're there, and I'm there, and we're both online, I say, all right, buy the next four tons of bio waste at, you know, two billion a pop. And then he's like, okay. And then just, boom, sells four tons of bio waste. And now you got a guy, brand new player in a Sidewinder, sitting there with eight billion credits, you know? Sure, sure. That's that's gonna be that's there. So, I am on the side of the pilot on that whole debate. I always was. I like the idea of dynamic player markets. I like the idea of being able to help out friends. I like the idea of being able to make extra money because I'm smart and I go to the right places and yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. there are people on the other side of that argument that are going to take offense to the fact that now some small number of players out there in the world are going to be able to, you know, do some stuff, man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I suppose <clears throat> I don't see that as being super major. Um, I feel like the the big money is going to be in parking next to somebody's gas station. <laughs> Maybe, um, yeah. Or, but, or the other side of it, doing the Seth Bullock, Bullock and Star, doing the Deadwood where you just show up and you're selling limpets at crazy prices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, have well, been, I, there have been easier ways to help somebody get started quickly. You know, dumping some void opals in front of their Sidewinder is... Is, has has been a fast way to do it, and you know it. I don't know. I don't think this changes that, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. So, so this is what I'll say. You know, kind of going back to the Exegius uh, pilot debate, which you know, I I really could not settle upon. The more I thought about it, 
I, I go back to World of Warcraft because that's the biggest thing I have example of. And actually probably the biggest thing I have example of is the capitalist society that, uh, that I live in. And that, uh, yeah, there's some bad things that go on, but by and large, the capitalist free market is the best way for things to work. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some bad and shady things that happen, but it works. And uh, we haven't come up with a better system yet. Uh, so when I apply that to World of Warcraft, that is a capitalist system. People uh, make goods, they, they mine goods, they gather goods, and then they sell them. And, um, you know, when you look at uh, adjusting buying and selling of commodities, trade it in its market, when you look at uh, the fact that, you know, they're basically saying, I mean, they, they're not flat out saying, of course, but they're basically saying we're going to have a market on this fleet carrier. Uh, that's going to have to be a player-driven market. Uh, and I really like the idea of a player-driven market because, yes, there's going to be some bad. Yes, there's going to be people that's going to take advantage of it. Yes, there's going to be people that do things that are uh, uh, questionable or shanky or, or bad or whatever, or, or, you know, buying uh, uh Credits from people from you know black market style, but I think overall it's going to be a good thing, and I think that's where we have to look at it from. Maybe, man, I, and I fall on that side of the debate. I agree with you in the sentiment, but we can't get ahead of ourselves. It's not April second yet. For all we know, Trax is right, and all of this stuff on setting the prices of the market and tariffs and whatever. It might be that that applies to the NPCs, or, or if if we, if I can set the prices for a commodity, <clears throat> it might say like, "No, nah, dude, you can't charge more than, uh, you know, five hundred credits for bio waste." That's uh, that's and it, there there could be limiters or something on this that we're we're not aware of yet, where it says like, you know, um, <clears throat> once you get to whatever five times what we think is the the value that is a uh, supposed to be for a commodity that it like puts a hard cap and says nope that's that's the higher you go or that's the lowest you go so we don't we don't know yet for sure and we won't until either April 7th or I'm guessing some of these fine details um I'm sorry, uh, I said April 2nd is what I meant. April 2nd is when they're going to do the thing. April 7th is when is the PC beta. And at that point, all of our questions will be answered. (laughs) Because, you know, there's only so much that we can... What? No, I was going to say probably we'll be able to have questions answered in the chat on the 2nd. But we'll we'll, we'll make new questions for the 7th. Sure, sure. But then on the 7th, we will know everything. We're we're just completely speculating here anyway. We're we're just guessing. I think for sure it's a people market. I think think it would be so boring for it to be just NPCs. I, I just don't think it's totally confirmed. If, if, if it's an NPC market, that seems very flat, and I don't know if I really want to spend money on that That's or spend credits on that, rather. I, I just don't know if that seems kind of meh, you know? No. Mm. Yeah, it, it, so I would hope that they are 
uh, putting in a player-driven market. I think that this, I think that's a great idea, and I um, hope that that's what they're doing. I don't know that's what they're doing, but hmm. I mean, just judging from the wording of this stuff here. Oh yeah, I agree. That's what it's, I think. I agree yeah. that to me, I'm ninety percent sure based on this. It's like it logically it works through in my mind between the stuff we already knew and the stuff that they're telling us now. Uh, like it makes sense. And also too, here's the other reason why it makes sense to me. I'm looking at this and saying, what would be the coolest, most dynamic way that this could be? Because they did a lot of work here, I think, from, and we won't know for sure until after the fact, if we can get Stephen drunk and have him tell us the whole story, he might say like, oh yeah, they were absolute shite the first time or whatever. They were too strong or too weak or too something. (laughs) But like, I mean, obviously there was a problem. They were too much or too little. And I think based off of what we're seeing here, at least from the last iteration between December till now, in December we had eight types and they had very specific loadouts and that's what it is. And now we have more modularity. We have like in December, we didn't hear shit about tariffs or, 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 uh, what do you call it? Like setting up, uh, your own market costs. Like we didn't hear anything about there being a market on the ship. So like, I think from December to now there was a massive ramp up and these things got more awesome. Well, if you're doing a massive ramp up and making something more often or awesome, leading that into things like, okay, we're going to have a player economy that is just players versus NPCs and does not in any way involve each other, that doesn't match logically and that doesn't match when they say right in the system or right in this message, allow for player to player interaction like you've never seen before. To me, what's the player player interaction that we've never seen before in elite player market economy. Yep. We've never seen that in elite. And I think that's what we're about to see. And I agree. Yeah. I look forward to it. Come the second. And I look forward to it even more. Come the seventh. Yep. So, um, yeah, so the, the second is when we get the announcement. The PC beta will begin on April 7th. Um, it doesn't say how long it's going to run for. I really hope they run it longer than four days. I uh, I think for sure they're going to run it. I would be shocked if they run it for anything less than two weeks. I think they're going to run it because uh, I don't... <sighs> I feel like a dick saying this, but like I kind of feel like that four day one was almost just a direct like, okay, you petitioners, you demanded a beta. Here's your beta. Oh, look, nobody did it. it. That's what I feel. That's what I've always felt. But this is exactly what it was. This is different. This is not the we have to give you your your thing because you threw a tantrum and we told you we would. So, okay, here it is in name only. I feel like this is going to be a real beta. I would be I mean, maybe a week, but I I would think two weeks, maybe three weeks. I think they're going to do a lot of work. I like the fact that the first one is in the very beginning of April. Like that's soon. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that gives them like they they said, the first one's going to be in the very beginning of April. And the second one will take place in May unspecified. Didn't give an exact date. I like that because if they do the first one in in April 7th and like, let's say it goes for two weeks or three weeks, right? Or or a week, whatever. That gives them a lot of data because Unlike 
the last beta that not a lot of people, I don't think, participated all that much in. This beta, Even I guarantee you, to. everybody <laughs> and their dog is going to be fucking logged in and, and like, oh, you're giving me free 5 billion credits? Boop, boop, boop. I bought a fleet carrier. Let's see what it does. Like, because I think they're going to give yeah. just everybody, like, here's 5 billion free credits. Get your own fleet carrier, test it, break it, tell us what works, tell mm-hmm. us what doesn't. Like and they're giving would, themselves such a wide time gap to work on between stuff the two. Afterwards too. Yeah, That's, it makes it that clear is, that they're taking it seriously. Yes, because that means that they can meaningfully take all of that data that they collect on the April 7th uh, uh, one and really crunch a lot of numbers and pull apart the complaints and the issues that arise. And, and and hopefully put out a very different and more refined and streamlined product in May. I'm sure it's going to be pretty cool just on April 7th, but because they've had time to work on this. But like, there's no substitute for giving it to a million monkeys to rip it apart and, and break it 90 different ways. Uh, and you just can't yeah. substitute that. And and we are are happy to be their monkeys and rip it apart and find out all the stuff. And then May in May, you know, maybe it's end of May, maybe it's whatever. And then again, then they have like a good, you know, couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever. We don't know if this is coming out first week of June, last week of June, whatever. But they they, they say June. The last thing I'm going to recommend to everybody is <clears throat> they say right on here. These time frames may change slightly in the coming weeks. Do not, do not, do not like lose your shit if the the April 7th uh, beta doesn't happen. That if it's like, oh, well, actually this happened and we're we're pushing it back and it's not going to be till April 12th or whatever. Like this is all sort of fluid. It's coming very, very soon. April 2nd is next Thursday. April 7th is five days after that. This is all coming super, super, super soon. Be happy. Be flexible. If it takes a little rejiggering this way or that way, give them the benefit. Also, keep in mind, they had not originally planned for this whole rollout to be going on during you know, the stay at home apocalypse. Like, so just have some <laughs> right, understanding right. for all of that. So I think this, I think we're going to wind down the fleet carrier conversation until we have some more information. So, cause I think we've speculated enough on that. <laughs> I think we've pulled every last bit of gristle yeah. off this bone. I don't think there's anything left for us the, to pull apart. The one thing I'll say about it is that I like the way they did this. I like the way they have phrased the beta and the fact that they have themselves aiming for June for a launch. It feels like, I mean, I think you're right. I think they got a lot of time for the, to tweak and turn the dial, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious, and I didn't, I was trying to look for it real quick, but I could not find it. Uh, did we, or did you guys by chance see anywhere where they said that they will also include some of the uh, uh, patches that they've been working on? Because at one yes. point they said that they yes. were going to roll. Yeah. They, they did say that. Okay. So, okay. so Stephen Benedetti uh, and I believe Will Flanagan both within the last like month have posted on the forums saying, just to right. clarify, this fleet carrier launch will also include a round of bug fixes. Uh, they said something about to the extent of the reason why they're doing it this way instead of releasing the bug fixes like this month or or, or in May was because 
whenever they do a major rollout, it takes time and money for them to just put out anything. So it's better to squeeze them both in in one. It's more like efficient. Yeah, and I, I can see them doing that. I, I remember them saying that. I just don't remember them saying anywhere after they did this today that they were going to include the the, bu- the bug fixes that they had planned. But um, I'm assuming that it's included with it. I don't know that it's inclu- including with it because we don't have patch notes. So. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think that's the kind of thing that we can expect. Honestly, I think we could probably expect that next week because if the beta for the fleet carriers for the PC is April 7th. I would think that it just makes logical sense that the beta for the the bug fixes would be again as they said April 7th, it's yeah. it's more economical to roll them together. So I would think we'll probably yeah. see that next week. Yeah, I, I would assume so as well. Um, I'm kind of expecting we get patch notes on the 2nd to where they they tell us what's coming on the 7th, you know, but yeah, I think anyway. so. Anyway, I think anyway. so. So the other thing I wanted to cover, and we can go through this pretty quick, is I've been asked about four times in the last couple of weeks, and I think Trax has been asked about four or five times in the last couple of weeks by different people, mm-hmm. what VR headset we use and why why we use it, and, or what we think is the best. And how much so. they paid us to say so. Exactly. And uh, so Valve has sent me the millions of dollars. No. Um I, so, it's actually so, a war going on. See, Valve paid him, and Facebook paid me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so, so, I, I'm going to do this in two parts. One, I'm going to do this. The one that I, or I'm going to do the one that I think is the best quality. Then I'm going to do the one that I think is the best one that everyone should purchase. And then I'm going to do the one that I, I actually have because there are three different ones. <laughs> I know it's crazy. And then Wait, you I'll said you I'm going to do this in two parts, and then you proceed to list yes. three parts. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome to the South. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, I, I ran out of toes, man. Okay. <laughs> um, so the best premium experience, uh, far as quality goes, is the Valve Index. I have gotten the opportunity to uh, actually try one of these out. They are ridiculously good quality. Here's the caveat with that. They just, the the whole headset, uh, it just kind of hovers just inside me wanting to recommend it. Last I heard, this <laughs> thing was like like 900 bucks or something like that, a thousand. I can't remember what the actual price is. It's I think the, re- the kit, by the time you get all the pieces, because it's not an inside out tracking situation, right. you have lighthouses. So I think the full kit, like the, the base kit for what you need to get started is like a thousand yeah and i want to say the controllers are extra i I can't remember the controllers that has to be included though because you would need that to play games yeah maybe i I can't remember i mean you're you're probably right i can't remember maybe Um, i should look it up yeah i it 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 has an ammo an ammo led screen. The resolution is 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 twenty eight eighty by sixteen hundred. It's got a one twenty hertz refresh rate. Uh, it can actually experimental go up to one forty four. It's got a hundred thirty degree field of view. Uh, oh, I just saw it right here. It does come with uh, the index controllers. So there you go. Yeah. Um, that field of view is what's going to make it feel different because a lot of right. the a lot of the VR headsets 
until you get to specific ones that have a wider field of view, have a kind of, um, it's almost like kind of squarish when you really mm-hmm. come down to it. It doesn't feel like that really when you're wearing it, but I think if I if I put on one of these wider ones and then switched back, I would be like, oh, shoot, now I see it, you know? Well, you know, I'm actually a diver, and I, the best example I can give is like it's like wearing a set of goggles. You yeah. know, or, or yeah, it's what it's like. You know, it's um, uh, like a full face mask goggles. But it's what it's like. You put your hands up, kind of around your eyeballs. You can't really see the left. Or you have no, you have little to no peripheral vision for most of the other headsets. But with the index, you get really good peripheral vision. And uh, I can also say that the screen door effect is nearly unnoticeable. And um, it, it really is the best quality headset out there. It's ridiculously priced, and I do not recommend it because well, of the price. Exegius keeps extolling the, I think it's HP Reverb, which I is so too, yeah. I think it's significantly higher resolution even than that. So if you were going to say like one is, and I don't know if the build quality feels different or something like that, and I don't think it has a particularly wide field of view, but it's just that the resolution is very, very high. I've never had an index or that in my, or the reverb in my hands, but I think that one might be the highest resolution for, from a still being a consumer facing product. And, and, and I've also I have not tried out a Pimax, but I've I know that the Pimax is is uh, supposedly 4K resolution. And, well, there's like uh, a bunch of different versions. There's like 5K right. and 8K and stuff like that. Yeah, and and they also said that our, the Pimax also has like a full 180 degree field of view. Whoa. Uh, I can tell you right now that headset looks huge and uncomfortable, even though people <laughs> say it's not that bad. The other thing about it is that uh, Pimax has actually come out and said that they lied about the 4K resolution. It's not true 4K resolution, even though they said it was. It's like a <laughs> it's like a it's like a 1080p that's up converted is what it really is. And uh, okay. I've also been told that the Pimax uh, screen door effect is really thick, like it's really noticeable. Um, hmm. I, again, I don't know. I have not tried out a Pimax, but I know some people are going to say, hey, have you heard of the Pimax? I can tell you right now, every I've read some good reviews about it, but most of the stuff I've read is that it's it's a little uh, hype and not really accurate. So, hmm. so the one that I, I'm actually currently recommending uh, to purchase is actually the Oculus Quest. And the reason why I say that is because the Oculus Quest uh, is not the one that I use, but uh, it kind of is the same one that I use. Uh, so mm-hmm. the Oculus, it kind of is. Uh, last I heard, the Oculus, the 64 gig Oculus Quest was like 300. But, you know, it, you can't use it with your PC. You can. Because the PC link, if you get the the, the connector, uh, I'm sorry, it actually is 399. I just looked it up. Um, so if, if you're if you're comparing the Quest to the Rift S, um, I recommend getting the Quest, and the reason why is because the Quest can be portable. Or if you get the PC link and you plug it into your PC, all of a sudden it's just as good as your Rift S, as far as quality goes and everything. Okay. Have yeah. you seen a review that said that the PC link is working and it's like flawless? I was coming to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so I have not seen a PC review 
that has said that. I have seen that people uh, say that it looks good. People say that it's high quality. People like people are saying that it's just as good. Now, I have not seen a review and I have not got a chance to try it out. But right now, with the promise of it being, with the fact that it is wireless, with the promise of it being able to be plugged into your PC, kind of have the best of both worlds, so to speak, I, th- I think that it's the one to, to choose right now. And plus, hmm. the Rift S is a little harder to find right now. So, yeah, that's true. So I am I am highly skeptical that the PC Link is working as well as they say. Uh, the The deal is like it it can never be exactly the same as a Rift S because Rift S actually has a dual cable. It's using a Display Port and a USB. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they could I I think have the same data throughput with a USB-C cable that the Oculus Link uses for the Quest, but Mm -hmm. it is still going over one cable, which is a single controller uh, on your your computer. Um, And I I don't know, there's differences. And all the reviews have, have said, like, there's maybe a little bit more lag than there should be. Um compared to a Rift S and, you know, and some things weren't working entirely. So it's sort of like games are coming on as compatible uh, bit by bit. Um, But if there's a little more lag, that is the sort of stuff where if somebody has any kind of sensitivity to VR, that's what's going to set you off uh, because it's the lag that's the issue. Like you have to have your frame times be like so low before it, uh, for it to feel right to your head and not make you feel sick if you're inclined to feel sick. Um, it also has 10 frames per second lower refresh rate, but it has an OLED screen instead of an LCD, so the black level should be better. Um, right. It's heavier because it's containing more computer equipment in there. The, the Rift S doesn't have to contain any processors uh, to speak of, not, not the same kind of processors anyway. So there's there's comfort issues. Uh, Technically, it has fewer tracking cameras. Uh, the controllers are the same, right? Yeah. Right. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I get it. But I would be a little... It, I don't think... I, I, I don't know. If somebody's expecting it to be a, a PC VR headset on the level of the other things that we're just comparing it to, as far as compatibility and, and functioning flawlessly, uh, I don't... I've not heard that it's there yet. I think you'd be disappointed and you might end up waiting a year or two before it really gets there, assuming it ever does. And, and here's the thing. It's real hard for me to say, get the get the Quest over the Rift S because I have the Rift S and I love my Rift S. But, and I have not been able to true try a, a Quest, um, but I have read nothing but good things about it. Uh, now, I, I know what you mean by like, I've had, I've read some reviews where people said that the tracking is not quite as good, but then I've also read that uh, after they do the uh, firmware update, that it kind of fixes that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't really know. But if you want, like, like what I it, like if I were to give the Rift S like an eight out of out of ten, I would probably say the Quest because the fact that it can do both. Theoretically, the mobility, yeah, right, is like an eight point one. They're so close; it's really hard. Yeah, it would be fun, and I, I like made cable hangers across the ceiling of my room so that mm-hmm. when I'm playing non-seated VR games, I can 
do it comfortably and have it not be a total pain. And all mm-hmm. that goes out the window, right? If you're playing, Beat Saber can be played without a computer. So, right. and it's essentially the same game. Um, so for this, those, it's it's definitely the product to go for if all you want to play is Beat Saber. <laughs> but obviously, we're we're doing Elite Dangerous right now. So yeah, it honestly, if I'm gonna go with the one for the best one for Elite Dangerous, I'm still gonna say it's the Rift S, even with the black. Uh, issue that people say, oh, yeah. the blacks look red. I don't really notice it that much. I mean, I, I guess maybe if you're looking at a complete black screen, but I mean, you're looking at nebulous and stuff. How often are you really looking at a complete black screen? Stars and nebulous right. is what I see. I don't have a super high quality monitor to flat monitor to compare it to, but the blacks don't really look any better than they do on my monitor. Well, I, I, uh, I, I mean, the other way around, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually got a ridiculous monitor. Um, the which you know the blacks look amazing in it, and I can tell you that I don't notice it. Now it could just be because I I'm old and don't see it. Um, like I said, I had to pull up the freaking font size on my damn phone <laughs> earlier. So, <laughs> but but like yeah. pound for pound, I think I think that the. the I think that the Rift S is probably the one, the best one for Elite Dangerous. Now, the best one all around, I still would probably say is the yeah. Quest, simply because of the mobility on it. But that's like, a, like I said, eight versus eight point one. There's not a ten. Like people, are, people <laughs> have asked me, well, what, what, what's the ten? There's not a ten. Yeah, because Wait it a couple exist. of years. Yeah, um, I know Oculus is working on eye tracking stuff, which I can explain that into far more detail later if you if you ask me. But the eye tracking stuff will be game changing for VR. And that and the stuff that Nvidia is doing um, with, I forget what it's called, but basically they super sample the center circle of the image mm-hmm. and down sample the rest to gain extra performance. That's going to be humongous as it keeps. Pe- uh, uh, passing out to more and more games becoming compatible because yeah. you, you know, even with wide field of view, you're only seeing clearly what's in the center. Um, right. And then, yeah, so then take that to the next step and have it be tracked and, and so on. Well, you know, one of the reasons why uh, VR is, is so heavy on the computer is because it has to render every possible thing around you at the same time. Like, when you're playing a game, it, it can render it basically renders your viewport and then like 20 degrees out from either side. Uh, well, because it well, I'm I kind would of exact. I would clarify. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. Should should we go too far, too much further into VR? But it's no, VR is I mean, hard on well, your computer. It's harder than you think it's going to be if you haven't tried right. it already. Right. It, it, even the simplest looking games are really taxing your PC yeah. and you don't even really realize it. So. it. It is more than drawing the game twice. Right. It's like, it gets exponentially. I want to say it's like to the fourth power is what it actually go, it comes down to. So, and that's at like 1080p. So, not our 720p. Sorry. There, there's no 1080p. So, <laughs> anyway, um, what else you got on that, man? On VR, no, I think mm-hmm. I think you're fine. I've I've only ever had this one headset, so I have very little to compare it to besides reviews I read. So I, I've I've gotten to try out a number of headsets, and this is mostly uh, because of the two that I purchased, and then a buddy of mine he has bought a shit ton of them. He buys one, like whenever a new one comes out, he buys one, <laughs> and then turns around, doesn't like it, sells it, and then buys another one. Uh, <laughs> 
which is crazy, I know, but he he he's just kind of pissing away money there, in my opinion. But that's what he does, and um, he's he's let me try out about ten different headsets. Um, and I, I to me the dollar versus performance, the the Rift S is the best one I've tried. Now the um, uh, the Quest, like I said, eight versus eight point one. It's it's so the only thing is the mobility and yeah. uh, we're not even hundred percent sure that it's going to work as people are saying it is. So anyway, I think that's about it. Sure. For that. <laughs> Anybody got anything else? Kai, you got anything else, man? You were real quiet during our VR chat. Well, if you want to <laughs> ask the Mexican, I highly recommend. I have Ray Bans and a Dos Equis, and um, yeah, that's what I know about. <laughs> <clears throat> Actual I, I, reality. I, uh, yeah, I've, I found that that works well for me. I, I, I don't know the VR stuff like you guys do. So, like, I just sit there and listen and go, oh, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. That also sounds cool. That does not sound as cool, but that sounds cool. <laughs> <clears throat> that's, that's, I, I, so, I just muted myself because I had nothing meaningful to say. Um, yeah. So, uh, just I want to give a really heartfelt um, thank you again to Drew Wagar for. The lovely stuff that uh, that he did for for uh, for Evelyn and um, and for all the guys yeah. out there getting screwy around the galaxy, man. Hats off to you. Um, we're having lots of fun for uh, <clears throat> for patches again. Mazel tov, bro. That's that's some cool shit right there. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and uh, for everyone, the one thing that I'm gonna recommend that you do this week. Go check out the new Sagittarius Eye. It's quarterly. You only get it four times a year. It just dropped, and uh, like you know, this this last week, and it is top to bottom, just awesome stuff. So, get out there and have some fun with it. Yeah, it'll entertain you for a while when you have to be locked at home, and it'll point out a bunch of other things to you that then can entertain you further. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like a yes. never-ending story. I didn't know I was going to say that when I opened my mouth. It surprised even me. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, yeah, man. I I could not agree with what you're saying more there. Uh, Tracks, it it always comes down to, for me, if you're bored, then you're boring. I see... (laughs) I see, uh, you know, Jayzod just murking fools. I see Avasa doing awesome stuff with, you know, with the AXI group. I see Sanderling just flying a ship like you never knew you could. I see Alec Turner doing the same thing with an SRV. There's, this game just provides you with so much stuff. And I think that, and this is just a guess, this is based off of what we've seen in this in this little letter that they've given us dude i think the future is looking so bright for this game man i feel like they're i feel like they've been stonewalling and stonewalling and stonewalling and now they're going to just slap us all with the okay here we're over delivering enjoy this shit mm. so i'm excited yeah. for i'm excited man i'm excited for next week I that's it that's too. all i got i feel good too everybody mm-hmm. be excellent to each other and drink a lot of beer cuz it makes you happy <laughs> oh jeez tracks final words <laughs> keep it loose and screwy <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> last thing I want to say is this. Uh, last week was pretty hard for me, and uh, a few of you all reached out to me, and uh, the ones that I could reply to, uh, meaning that I mentally could handle, uh, I did reply to, and the ones that I didn't know that your thoughts were uh, very much uh, I'm very grateful for what you said so don't think I just ignored you um, basically I handled what I, I handled what I could so I, I know my limits so sure. um, but yeah but thank you guys here everybody reached out to me thank you guys very much and um, I think that's gonna do it guys so we will see y'all next time for the mug That was Call to Heroes by Miguel Johnson from his album, Citizen of the Stars. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to Elite Week, your weekly source for all the news from in and around the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. I'm your host, Kai Zen. 
The goal of this show is to provide a clean description of anything and everything you might find of interest, along with easy links to the original sources. Since not all commanders are interested in the same things, you may find yourself clicking on many of these links and ignoring many others. That's great. My job isn't to tell you what to like, but rather to make you aware of all of it so you can decide for yourself. So let's get to it. Friday, March 20th, 2020. As always, we start off the week with Hutton Orbital Radio Podcast. This is the recording of the podcast that was recorded live on Twitch the previous day. There was a segment in memoriam of Commander Odie Moncrew, the Mad Punster. There was a report on Operation Hot Mess. The infrastructure failure was fixed, uh, and they are over 80.25% of the Galaxy Mug. They are on track for completion before uh, Virtual ECM. There was plenty of information about Virtual ECM, which will be happening on April 11th, and there are a lot more details to come, so check their site out. There was a notice that Fantasticon 2020 in August was canceled, and LaveCon July 2020 is still undecided, but it's not looking great. Sagittarius Eye Magazine released episode 26 in both PDF and podcast form. And there's a war in Alpha Centauri. There's new neighbors, and the Hutton truckers aren't sure if they like it. And the entire episode was wrapped up with Watherspoon, uh, powerful people, this episode was on Denton Petraeus, Senator Denton Petraeus and Commander of the Imperial Fleet. And I've got to say, he outdid himself. I think this is the best one yet. The community event, the Crazy Colonia Corrosive Cargo Caravan, is still ongoing until April 1st. So this is your last week to get in and take part. The Galnet News Digest feed is now hosting the Powerful People segments that Commander Watherspoon does over at Hutton. He started off with the Ashling Duval segment. Five minutes long and hilarious, so check it out. Next up, we have the Burr Pit with Witch Base News, seven minutes long. They talk about the EIC rares are free for a month on Operation Helping Hand. Commander Wicked Karma, who flew an E-rated Sidewinder with only 7.7 light year jump range all the way to Colonia, taking 3,500 jumps plus. ED Tutorials expanding to add the Flintlock Engineering and Buckyball Race Club to their flock. Uh, Operation Ida has a new app out. The new Sagittarius Eye magazine, foldathome.org, which is a group that Canon Research, the Hull Seals, um, everyone else seems to be joining up with, where you use your computer cycles to do advanced calculations on some form of protein folding that's supposed to be able to help figure out how to deal with COVID-19. Uh, they talk about the virtual ECM and the postponement of the face-to-face -face ECM. Frontier Developments working from home and the Burr Pit will be doing more events and putting out more content while they are self-isolating with a little bit of free time around the house. Next up, we've got Sagittarius Eye Magazine and podcast issue number 26. This is the issue for the first quarter of 2020 or 3306 in game. It contains a segment on surviving a trade community goal. It gives you all the tips on how to stay alive and open when you're out hauling. This isn't just for community goals. This is basically things to live by all the time. There's a segment on what are brown dwarfs. They're neither stars nor planets, but they're kind of both or somewhere in between. There's a segment on the obituary for Kahina Loren, aka Salome. There's an in-depth spotlight on Newton's Gambit, the group who is dedicated to living 
living Flight Assist Off and teaching other commanders the joys of Flight Assist Off. The rare community spotlight is on the Penta Prayer Sticks, and there is a entire story on the history and fall of Nova Imperium. This issue's featured expeditions will be Perseus Reach and the Orion Expeditions, which are two very different expeditions, but they're going to be linking up for some uh, intra-expedition fun. There's an in-depth look at the lore tour of 3306 that's about to be put on by Drew Wagar and stations you haven't visited, Explorers Anchorage, all the way out there just a jump from SAG A. As always, Sagittarius Eye Magazine is cover to cover full of good stuff. And since we only get it four times a year, you gotta enjoy it while it's there. So I cannot highly enough recommend that you check it out in both PDF and podcast form. And Drew Wagar put out Evelyn's Story, a piece of elite fiction that was written in memoriam of a young commander taken too soon. It's out in the formats of audiobook, PDF, Mobi, and EPUB. This free ebook is uh, put out with donations suggested for the Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation. Beautiful and touching story. And uh, we at the Loose Screws Podcast Network cannot thank True enough for his touching kindness. Commander Exegius welcomed Crimson Gamer 99 for his Friends on Friday series. It was a two hour and 15 minute stream. The pilot put out The Juggernaut, a little one minute video highlighting some of the cool stuff about the ship of the same name from the game Stellaris Foundations. It's pretty cool. Primetime Casual continued his series, The Casual Guide to the Galaxy, season one, episode eight, with The Scotsman, a five minute long video. This video highlights Pamesh. It has the best canyons in the galaxy for flying or race driving. It's just an amazing little spot in the bubble that is a jewel that all commanders should visit and test their mettle against. And if the name of the video didn't give you a clue as to who was behind the stick, then you just haven't been paying attention. And to wrap up Friday, we've got scientist and futurist Isaac Arthur with The Fermi Paradox, Whispers in the Night, a 24 minute long video that is amazing. Which brings us to Saturday, March 21st. First up, we've got Blind Pew with a 13 minute long video, Does Piracy Pay? He goes out and gets his low temperature diamonds the dishonest way uh, for funsies. But since the last I had heard, low temperature diamond pirating wasn't even a thing that was possible anymore. I'm glad to know that you guys have the option. Next up, we have the Yamics with a three minute long short little video entitled 3303-3. Uh, it's a cool little short film. There's no salt, check it out. Hydlide Gaming put out Bounty Hunting 2020, nine minute long how-to uh, take you into the world of bounty hunting. Next up is a pair of cool little videos from Scott Manley. The first is an eight minute long video entitled What Wormholes Would Actually Look Like According to Physics. And the second is a 15 minute long video entitled Wormholes Get Weirder, where he dives deeper into the subject. And next we have Commander Exorcist from SPVFA who made a little video called Out There, season two, episode eight, four minutes long. This is continuing his series of just playing some music while showing you 
mind-blowingly awesome graphics. Uh, just top-notch stuff. Which brings us to Sunday, March 22nd. And as always, we start with Throwback Sunday, where I bring you some cool stuff that you may have missed before and should check out now. For starters, we've got the documentary from 2019, Apollo 11. This amazing documentary got a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes and won a Sundance Award. It is amazing. If you, like me, are a huge fan of all things NASA, you really owe it to yourself to check this one out. Next up is a cool little article from fizz.org. Team obtains the best measurement of a neutron star size to date. 11 kilometers, about the size of a mid-sized European city, they say. Hmm. Then we have Carl Sagan from his quote-unquote lost lecture in 1994 entitled The Age of Exploration. It's an hour and a half long and it's great. And then we have an odd little one that you really should check out. Colin Ford, AKA Commander Phoenix Defire of Lave Radio fame. He has on the forums put out the sanctimonious origin story. So check this out. He wrote an Elite Dangerous novel as part of a Kickstarter called Elite Chronicles Fiction Project. The Kickstarter seemed to have fallen through uh, but he kept on writing, and the upshot is that he has a 140,000-word elite novel uh, that he is tinkering with and editing and putting out sort of chapter by chapter on the forums for free. So check it out if you're interested in reading it, and, uh, you know, maybe blow up that uh, forum thread and start some groundswell of action going, and maybe we can get this thing published or something. I don't know. But if all you get is a very cool elite novel to read for free while you're stuck sitting at home... That's not bad either. Next up, we have a Universal Cartographics map of local nebulas. It's pretty awesome to check out and should give you some ideas of places to visit. This is followed by an old forum post by community manager Paige Harvey, a statement on cheating an elite dangerous. It tells you exactly why it's a problem and how to report it. Then we've got a Wikipedia for Sudarsky's gas giant classifications. It explains what all the different types of gas giants really are. Then we've got a video by Cool Worlds, Artificial Gravity, 32 minutes. Breaks down all of the challenges involved with dealing with long-term weightnesses and what we're gonna need to do to create gravity so that we can better colonize the galaxy. Also a video by Obsidian Ant, how to find black holes, seven minute long video that will show you too how to find your very own undiscovered black hole and put your name on it. And lastly, we have the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics with a one and a half hour long video, Warp Drive and Aliens, where they break down the math of how exactly a warp drive would work and what are our chances of actually getting to interact with other life forms out there. Which brings us back to Sunday the 22nd with SPVFA, their 2020 colors competition. This week it's green, four minute long video of some of the most amazing pictures and video clips you've ever seen set to the theme of green. Down to Earth Astronomy put out Help Fight COVID-19 While You Sleep, foldathome.org, a six minute long video that explains in detail how Fold at Home works to help the scientists that are trying to deal with the COVID-19 situation. Well, actually, you can use it for a lot of stuff, but right now its default is to work on that project because that's fairly pressing. And Exegius put out Gathering All Engineering Materials in Colonia, a seven minute long how-to guide check it out. Which brings us to Monday, March 23rd. 
We kick off Monday with the Loose Screws podcast interview series, an interview with community manager for Frontier Development, Stephen Benedetti. Amazing stuff and well worth a listen. Followed by a Rusty Dog Monday stream entitled Social Distancing for four and a half hours. He works on a social distant build that lets him pew pew from far away. Fun stuff. Then we have Down to Earth Astronomy with Hello Dave, episode 141, seven minutes long. Frontier Development is working from home and streams are on hold for now. The EIC, Operation Helping Hand, and Down to Earth Astronomy, foldathome.org. Sign up. Then we have a pair of Commander Sanderling videos. The first one is a short ASP scout run for Madrax. It's a six minute long video and the master of flight assist soft at Palmesh showing off what a scout can do. Surprising actually. ASP scout, not a bad ship to fly FAO. The second video was Commander Satterling's 805 meters per second race eagle flight assist off in the trenches of a Coriolis. This one sort of made me almost lose my lunch. That was crazy, crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, man, check it out. Commander Avasa over at the AXI put out the Type 10 Defender AX review, eight minute long. The TLDR is that the Type 10 is trash for AX. Jayzod put out a pair of videos, some PvP. First, him versus a crate, and then him versus a Desiad ganker, Herlev. Maybe Steven Benedetti should put out a Dear Herlev video. And of course, it can't be Monday night without Sidewinder Slaughter. Uh, Commander Exegius's Level 11 group sponsors every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's repeated every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. UTC time for the Europeans. Go have some consequence-free PvP fun. Learn how to do it. It's a blast. Which brings us to Tuesday, March 24th. We have a pair of offerings from Commander Exegius. First is a five minute long video called Ship Builds, the T9 Three Ways, Hauler, Miner, and Battle Cow. The second is his Exegius Tutorial Tuesday stream, Laser Wing Mining for two hours. Followed by a 13 minute long video by Obsidian Ant, Space Games to Play While Stuck at Home. He goes over Elite Dangerous, X4 Foundations, Rebel Galaxy, Eve, No Man's Sky, Star Citizens, Dolores, and Space Engineers. Check it out. And then we have JN Tracks, Distant Screws Expedition Episode 5, a four hour long live stream of just a bunch of silliness while we cruise around the galaxy. Which brings us to Lave Radio Podcast, episode 282. They talk about virtual ECM 20. Grant walks people through the plan so far for the virtual ECM to come. They do a community roundup. They do the community question discussion. What Galnut headline would you like to write? And a power play discussion, followed by the not so great British Bake Off. This was, of course, followed by Galnet News Digest, the episode for March 26, 3306. EIC offers free engineer unlock rares to help out now until April 18th. New Guardian Ruins found in a cluster near the Galactic Core, also near Braintree Forests, and Cannon on the hunt for a new special different type of Guardian site, as well as a, an interesting little project Cannon has going, trying to jump the Gnosis into neutron stars or white dwarf uh, jet cones to see what happens. And the big red button at home, the fuel rats, cannon, and everybody else is joining Folding at Home to help fight the outbreak. 
Galnet News Digest Radio. He made up the news this one last week, so you don't have to. And next week, he gets actual stuff to talk about. I, for one, can't wait to see what he does. There was an interesting post on Steam with regard to the Helion game. The project died, the game will be free from March 27th to March 30th, and then it will not be available anywhere. So go during those days and get yourself a free, cool-looking little spaceship game while you can. And lastly, Down to Earth Astronomy put out his Tuesday stream, working for Terra X with Down to Earth Astronomy, two and a half hours. Check it out. Which brings us to Wednesday, March 25th. Down to Earth Astronomy put out, I visit a Type 1A supernova in Elite Dangerous, 12 minute long video. He explains what a Type 1A supernova is and why it's so interesting. This one's bound to get a reaction. Commander Guru951 put out a public apology. I did not find Raxla 11 minutes long. He talks about the uh, sort of hoax situation where a year ago he claimed that he found Raxla and went from being uh, sort of a uh, very well-respected member of Canon Interstellar Research Group to a sort of social pariah. And Sepulcher Geist put out getting Isinor permit for rare data materials. 14 minute long video where he shows why it's good to have the Isinor permit and goes out and gets it. Which brings us to Thursday, March 26th, the date of this recording. We started the day off as we always do with Commander Burr with his Thursday Breakfast Club. Burr and Rini were joined by Lord Tywin and Primetime Casual. They had some fun with the phenomenon in the Lagrange uh, lightning clouds as well as dueling quizzes. Sepulcher Geist put out a little four minute long video, a tutorial on how to use the FSS scanner to discover everything in a system. An article was put out by Science and Nature. NASA's $1 billion Jupiter probe just sent back dazzling photos of the giant planet and its great red spot. You really owe it to yourself to go check those out. They're amazing. Commander Plater put out a seven minute long video, The Plasma Vet. He shows you his build for a souped up plasma vet. That's actually kind of awesome. Which brings us to the main event, the reason you're all here. Steven Benedetti from Frontier Developments made a post on the forums, Fleet Carrier Content Reveal Announcement. Quote, we're thrilled to announce that the first look at the upcoming Fleet Carrier update will be coming to your screens on Thursday, April 2nd. Lead server developer Dav Stott and game designer Luke Betterton will join us on a special video to talk us through what these vast vessels are and how they'll be shaking up the galaxy. Since the initial reveal of Fleet Carriers, we've examined the concept of predefined loadouts and decided to invest additional time to ensure that Fleet carriers offer the same level of flexibility and customization as other ships within Elite Dangerous. We've done this by adding more loadout options to make your carrier unique and allow for player-to-player -player interaction like you've never seen before in Elite Dangerous. Squirming in your cockpit chair wanting to know more details? Here is some key information on fleet carriers. But for the entire content reveal, Tune in to our pre-recorded stream on YouTube on the 2nd of April at 6 p.m. UTC. Although we won't be live, our team will be there in the chat to answer any questions that you may have. One of our most frequent questions about fleet carriers was, how much do they cost? 
Fleet carriers will be a lucrative investment costing 5 billion credits at launch. Fleet carriers are individually owned and feature 16 landing pads of varying sizes for other players to dock at. Fleet carriers use a new fuel, tritium, to jump from system to system. Fleet carriers have a maximum jump range of 500 light years at any one time, with the ability to jump whenever the owner wants. However, they will have to build up and cool down period between jumps. You can manage your carrier's finances by setting tariffs and adjusting the buying and selling prices for commodities traded in its market. As it currently stands, we are aiming to launch the Fleet Carriers update in June and we'll be calling all commanders to experience Fleet Carriers as both visitors and owners in two upcoming public betas before the update is live. The first beta will begin on April 7th for PC only and the second beta which will be launched on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation will take place in May. Please note that there is a chance that these timeframes may change slightly in coming weeks, but we'll keep you up to date on the specific times, dates, and instructions. Now it goes without saying that I have posted a link to the actual forum post so that you can go read it for yourself. But for a line-by-line -line dissection of this announcement, along with a detailed conversation speculating about everything that this could possibly mean, tune in to the Loose Screws podcast tonight. And don't forget to bring your tinfoiled hats because we're going deep. So immediately following this announcement, there was a flurry of activity as everybody rushed out to get their hot take. Down to Earth Astronomy put out Fleet Carrier's Price and Beta Announced 11 minute long video. Obsidian Ant put out Fleet Carrier Release Date Announce, a six minute long video. And Avasa over at the AXI put out the AX Debrief on March 26, 2020 for eight minutes long. He talked about Operation Ida update, the video that he did on the Type 10 AX review, the weekly tip cold orbiting flight assist off, and the science hub update interceptor types, damages, and DR variants, followed by the rank ups, and then he cut into his special announcement of fleet carrier announcement stream April 2nd. And the last video we have for you tonight is Anna Barrick. He demonstrates why white dwarfs are not to be trifled with with a five minute long video. Thankfully, he had just turned in his exploration data sometime within an hour of that video. All's quiet on the anti-Xeno front, so that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight. Stay tuned on Monday for the Colin Ford Commander Phoenix to Fire interview. The host of Lave Radio gives his thoughts on what's to come for Elite Dangerous. If you're hearing this episode on the podcast feed and you'd like to check it out on YouTube, the YouTube link is tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week 3306. The Elite Week email is EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. But you can also leave any thoughts or suggestions in the comment section of the YouTube video. Elite Week is part of the Loose Screws Podcast Network feed. You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash loose screws on whatever format you prefer. And the Loose Screws podcast website is www.loosescrewsed.com. The Discord is tinyurl.com forward slash loosescrewspodcast. 
The video component tonight was provided by Alec Turner. Check him out at youtube.com forward slash Alec Turner. And the Buckyball Race Club Discord is discord.gg forward slash YWXCSCF. I actually read that all out because I love the Buckyballers. And to play us out tonight, I give you Ship in a Bottle by Commander Tokoso from his album Dreams from Beyond the Frontier. Hope you enjoy it. See you next week.